Support for Laser Time is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LASERTIME. One word, LASERTIME, at manscaped.com. Once again, that promo code is LASERTIME for 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. And welcome to episode 421 of Vigigame Apocalypse. We're no longer in the weed number. We can get things back to normal. I'm your host, <laughs> Michael Raparez, coming to you from the John Bacon Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Studio, go to patreon.com slash laser time and subscribe at the $20 level. And it yeah. could be you, randomly selected. Who's joining me? Um... Man, incredibly funny name with a weed hangover, Chris Antista. Not really, though. <laughs> and uh, literally big in Japan, Matthew Allen. And special guest. I didn't think of a joke. Uh, <laughs> small in <laughs> Japan. <laughs> no, I was pretty. I was big day too. Yeah, uh, I was going to say regular sized in Japan. But yeah, regular, yeah. Balls in Japan. Let's go with that. Greg Greg Moore of Lacquerware on Twitch. Oh, yeah, I didn't and- say my name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greg Moore. Uh, uh, and on our recent episode of uh, Resident Evil 8 spoiler cast yeah. of yeah, Patreon.com slash just the very up. same. Oh. Yeah. Which you can get at the $5 or more per month level at Patreon.com slash LaserTime. I, I will say that was a, a great discussion, but listening to it again and realizing that, like, since we recorded that, when we recorded that, I had finished it one and a half, like, once and was in the middle of my second playthrough. I've since finished it four more times. Wow. And, like, Whoa. the things that I know now, it's just like, yes. oh, man, I should talked about this and this. Michael and, this. and I have been having a weird competition where I'll, like, post a thing and be like, yeah, I, I beat it in two hours and 40 minutes, you know, like, because I, I have literally every trophy in that two game. Two hours and four minutes. Damn, look at you. I have every wow. trophy in that game except for a stupid mercenaries trophy that yeah. I have to get all S ranks. But other than that, I'm like near the platinum. But I mean, that involves like some shit. I told them, I'm like, yeah, I just did the all knife run. Hey, yeah. you like them apples? Like, I did it, that too. Like, wow. Luckily, it wasn't as hard as it ch- sounds. I am in the chat and had the thought for the first time this weekend. Don't these motherfuckers have yard work or something to do? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did it? Did it last Saturday? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, it's terrible. A lot of weeds. Not that out here. age where I long for yard work. It's it's surprisingly me pleasant. Too. No one can bother Soon. you. It's it is your it's definitely some like me time. You're like, yeah, I'm just yeah. fucking mowing the lawn, got my earbuds in, listening to podcasts. Leave me yeah, it's like well, taking a shit, I, but I never it imagined better. adult life would be this much sitting. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> we all lot. saw our we it's all saw our dads. Like why <laughs> why would we assume that? You mow the lawn, you take a two hour nap until the game comes on. Yeah, well my dad was really into yard work and now I understand why. <laughs> it's a chance to stand. Yeah. My dad not so much a sitter, he was more of a leaner. You know, he would just I'd be he'd be in the garage, kinda like myself, constantly, but leaning against everything else. Oh like, just, I thought you meant like an R. Crumb character. Just um, no, no. <laughs> throwing his just, foot out with a finger in the air. Just just leaned on shit. My wife has commented before, she's like, You know you do the thing your dad does where you just kinda like lean over the sink as you're 
eating food or something. I'm like, well, I don't want to get the crumbs on the floor. You know? Yeah, I, I remember I, I fucked up my knee a few years ago and I had to go to physical therapy. And I still remember like I one remember. of the, the technicians, like when I was there talking to another technician, like, oh, he needs to work on this and this because he sits like, what, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? I'm an office worker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, now, I've worked literally on that floor of Ubisoft. They can get you a standing desk. Oh, this, because this, we became, this was years and years ago. This was we became a, a meme yeah. on Reddit for doing that. Like, I, someone I just know, snapped the picture. <laughs> and, and that and the habit at the time that everyone had of wearing the same plaid shirts. We all wore flannel. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there were a couple dudes wearing beanies at the time. Yeah. 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 Popular look in, in the... What, mid-2010s? Well, it was also yeah. like someone had like smeared their camera lens in it, so it looked like this fog of pot smoke was hovering over our heads. Oh, fun. <laughs> Dude, the sticky icky. Which was also writing. the style at the time. Yes, marijuana. It was huge. <laughs> I don't know why these kids are still talking about it. When, once you discover meth, you never need that stuff. <laughs> I love that people have that perception of San Francisco. Like, yeah, you guys are just always high, high all the time, right? I'm like, no, it's not even the highest city I've been no. in. Like, yeah, I, Seattle I, I, is way higher than we, San Francisco. We have infinite options for getting legally high and i don't know anyone who well i know like two right. people who take advantage of it but no no still. i know people who take advantage of it but just like even when we were like it, we were among the kookier game writers out there 10 years ago like everyone must be getting real high i'm like we have a couple potheads but they would never spark up at work or during yeah. work like and they I, would I, rarely I, be this funny yeah <laughs> and, I, and i wouldn't even yeah like if somebody did that i just never saw that and i i we had fun after work, yeah, but like, sure. yeah, it's, it's it's a silly notion. <laughs> well, I think I, a few of those vape pens might have not been uh, liquid tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that. My girl has one, and it still reeks like fucking skunk weed. Like, throw a fucking double mint gum in there or something. <laughs> like, like, why does this have to smell like that? It why does was, it have to smell like a hippie's true, armpit? Yeah. They don't like scent the the stuff, right? It's just because yeah, it, they it don't do oil? it anymore because like no kids might want it then. I did because I, I had a wintergreen one that like harshed the like mellowed the pull. Hmm. Like, oh really? Yeah, it was like a refreshing hit, uh, wow. which I recommend to all your children. By the way, I'm just I, trying to get any promotion for the show I can. Yeah, I promise yeah. this is not another weed show. Um, <laughs> this is this is a legit hardcore show for hardcore gamers because. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk, this is something I've been wanting to talk about weeks, but it got derailed by first me noticing it too late and then us doing the 420 show. The Saturn recently celebrated its 26th anniversary since its bizarre US launch where it was shown off at E3 and at the same time they're like, by the way, it's in stores now. Yeah, it was like, everybody look in your pockets. Ten years from now, there'll be a cell phone where you can order the Saturn, which is not here yet. Mm -hmm. it, it's available <laughs> it's, now. Uh, it's so wild how much happened in gaming around just, like, let's say five years before and five years after that. Because, like, literally, I, I got emotional this week watching a Sonic 30th anniversary video, like, uh, you know, that Sega put up. And then, but you're saying, like, the Saturn's only 26 years old. I'm like, Jesus, like... Yeah. How much did Sega progress since like Sonic on the Genesis, and then four years later they have the Saturn coming out? Like that's yeah, with huge. no Sonic game ever. <laughs> well, they put out a lot of hardware between those. Oh, I mean, they really yeah. did. I mean, that's yeah. part of the reason the the Saturn didn't sell quite so well was because Sega kind of right. had tanked its reputation on the Sega CD and the 32X and it's, lackluster support for both of those things. It's definitely it's definitely that. I just I hate 
Look, someone sometimes has to fail by doing something bold and completely unprecedented, so we know not to do that again. <laughs> but it is bizarre. Sega did all of that, whereas most other companies didn't. Sega did all the failures so that we could learn. And I remember reading about this. Sega just announced it's releasing the Saturn, like, what was it, like six months early in America? And I'm reading this in a magazine with a three-month lead time. Because there isn't any fucking internet yet. And it served me no purpose at all. Like, I remember seeing commercials like, why are they advertising the, the Saturn? It's not supposed to be out for six months. And it's, it's that one with the cones and retinas that isn't really clear that, hey, guys, we released early. Teehee. I didn't know what they were doing. So, like, the guy who wanted totally wanted a Saturn didn't really know they were in stores yet. It's just so yeah. fucking bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. These were already the days of just, like... The way you found out if something was in stores is you literally walk by it in a store like, hey, I'm here at Toys R Us. Oh, they have that thing I've been wanting. Or a game magazine with months old information. With a, <laughs> oh, with yeah. A... Why did we ever get our news from game magazines? That seems we didn't, so We didn't so have that. Yeah. Like there weren't like full time oh, internet God. publications yet. Yeah. No, I know. At, that, at I know. that point, like consoles had advertised release dates and most of the games like Mortal Kombat was like the first to get a release date, and that's like three years before the Saturn. Yeah, and so, yeah, Mario got one in Mortal Kombat. But by the way, folks, uh, if you're a patron, you could hear us talk about this every time we do a bonus 30 2010 games episode because that's why it makes it so hard to find out when games released in the 80s and 90s. Like they didn't have official release. And it was yeah. literally like a, when the truck gets there. Why are you yeah. asking? Yes. Well, it's just yes. a Mario game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And being like, I was still pretty young when it, this was 95. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was like 10. Um, and that was like, Back then, because my parents weren't really very big on the video game thing, we never really expected to get consoles. Like, we had an NES, and then we didn't get a Genesis until, like, mid-94, when it was almost on the way out. Um, and so I was getting my, my game news, like, years late. You know, and so this was not even on my radar at all. Uh, Kevin Costner would hand deliver a newsletter with GamePro scores on it to Greg. Yeah, uh, you know, I would, I would talk my parents into letting me get a, a game-related magazine like once every, like I don't know, a couple times a year maybe. But I, and I then, have like, to pay tribute to Chris's stuff. We got to recognize Chris just made a postman joke. I did. Of, I did. <laughs> got nothing. I got nothing. But, you can't. You can't glance I, over. I, the postman I was. Joke. I was a. Sorry, I was pivoting into a Tom Hanks News of the World reference, realizing mm -hmm. no one has seen that fucking movie. No, no. no. <laughs> we used to gather around at the local civic center, and someone would read us the game news from across the globe. I'm, I'm trying to remember <laughs> how I knew. I think the first time I knew a Saturn existed was, like, I saw it at a buddy's house. Like, I yeah, I did it, not know it was coming. I didn't even see that. Like, I'm, I'm trying to remember, like, what my mindset was at the time. Like, why didn't I want this in 1995 as a junior in high school? Yeah. I and think you didn't know. And it's like it's because it was in the same boat as like the 3DO and the CDI mm. and the Sega CD and all the rest of the shit that I couldn't afford because I was like mm. it just in depth with the Super Nintendo and it's just like, "Well, what has it got? Uh Panzer Dragoon, that looks weird. Clockwork yeah. Knight, I don't want to play that." <laughs> oh, such a good intro though. Mm -hmm. I, and I, 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 I I've sold the story a billion times. My mom knew someone at Sears managed to get me an N64 when they were really scarce. Then Sega aired a commercial. Get a Saturn. It's a hundred. It's 
it's the same price, but you get three games free, and Nintendo 64 games were $80. Yeah. And, and the games were Virtual Fighter 2, Daytona USA, and Virtual Cop. I'm like, I fucking love those games. That's you pretty good, actually. You, they kind of their, yeah. Yeah they, yeah, they come for free. Like, let's get the Saturn, Mom. Fuck the... Fuck the 64. And that's the, and, and that was the first time I knew the Saturn was even out. It had been out for months. <laughs> yeah. How, nope. what, what was Virtua like a franchise? Because there there was all these or virtual like Sega had they like tried, there was, yeah yeah they there's tried, Virtua yeah. Virtual on Fighter, Virtual Cop. It was it was yeah. like just their catch all for their uh, 3D games for a while. Yeah, I think so. There was also yeah. Virtual On. Yes. Yeah, Virtual, virtual On is the one I was thinking of, which is the mech game. And then, Virtual and then, Racing. Virtual Hydlide, which was terrible. Giant games on the machine. Like yeah, Hydlide. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Isn't that the Florida game with the sticks? It is, yeah. man. It was man. It was all over Miami back in the mm-hmm. 80s. But but as a result, I do consider it the most pleasant form of Stockholm Syndrome I ever had. When the PlayStation and Nintendo 64 and the Saturn were out, I had the Saturn first, and I cared what was on the Saturn. <laughs> uh, it didn't have the most popular stuff, but I think I love that Greg is here for this, because I know he, he his love rolls deep with the Saturn as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I eventually got a PlayStation, like, and it, the easiest way to define is like is PlayStation is like really embracing like all these Western philosophies and just like when you think about it like Destruction Derby and Crash Bandicoot and FMV sequences. Oh man! Whereas Saturn was really rooted in this Japanese game aesthetic, which I can't imagine a time being. Why was that less exciting than a constant nine eight nine sports games? Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, because well, at least one of the games on our list, like, they ran... Saturn could run games a little bit better, or certain games better. Like, it, Well, my, my impression at the time, and I think I still think I'm right on this, was like, okay, you can sort of define the different systems by what they do particularly well. Like, Saturn was the dream system for 2D games, which mm-hmm. Sega did not realize were not going to be the future for very much longer. And it it could do 3D, but not quite as well as the other two considerably uglier yeah n64 sparingly yeah (laughs) n64 could push around polygons great but didn't have a lot of ram for textures it was not good for 2d or or music or cutscenes. and everything like it it ran great but it kind of looked shitty and then like the playstation was like hit this perfect sweet spot in between those things but it just in hindsight like i remember the first game that like sort of like oh the must own PlayStation game is like fucking loaded. I'm like who cares about yeah. it now? Exactly. It's there, like, there was it's... there was a lot of who cares games yeah. in those days. Like oh well PlayStation Mortal Kombat looks really good. Too bad or Mortal Kombat three. Too bad it takes forever to load. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and PlayStation ended up winning the day just by like I think being a little bit closer to who was developing the source material, and that was mm-hmm. in the West. It was in England, and it was in uh, Southern California. All these brand new, consistent games coming out, where Saturn stuff, it was it was coming out at a, at a at a lick that was totally acceptable for a Japanese console, but it just the PlayStation made it seem lame. Yeah. And uh, but but then yeah, it, the more I think about it, I had both consoles. I loved the Saturn games so much more. I ended up spending so much more time perfecting some of that simplicity. Uh, was playing virtual on the other day, or not the other day, a few months ago, and I I love that port, I really did. You have the uh, the sticks? Or did you no, no, my, my friend has the the arcade cabs. Ooh, nice. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah. I just oh, played the, inside the, the sticks on the games. arcade cab were way better too. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, the, the sticks kind of made that game. Like that was yeah. it was really fun. Yeah. yeah, I think I discovered the Saturn at the perfect time for me. I think I it was like late '97 or early '98. 
and I found it at Target. They had like a big fucking display, like a huge pile of boxes out in the middle of the, the game area. And all the Saturns are marked down to 80 bucks. And there you go. I bought one wow. and all the games were also like marked down everywhere. So I started aggressively bargain hunting and getting my hands on as many as I could. And like by the time that the final games started coming up, Panzer Dragoon, House of the Dead, uh, Burning Rangers, all those, like I was hooked. I was going to get them all. But yep. uh, I, I was the same way because I was. Yeah, I had a job. Um, I think I'm working. I was working my first job, the last job I've ever had with my own office. I don't even have a driver's license, but I'm working at the state, making like five bucks an hour. It was way even when the PlayStation, the Saturn was more competitive. It was clearly doing worse, and even their ports were more obtainable than PlayStations. And to do something terrible and visual, but Greg hasn't seen this. My parents keep. Since I moved back around, they keep giving me my shit back. They gave me a whole bunch of my Saturn games. Oh my god! And, um, what do you got? Well, the the one I, I'm fascinated by is just because I had I had the Saturn and nothing else. This is where I played Tomb Raider for the first oh, wow. time. I'm holding oh, wow. up a yeah. copy of Tomb Raider. Same TBH. This, this is where I played Wipeout for the first time, which we all think wow. of, of uh, as a Sony exclusive. Yeah. And I'm holding up a Saturn copy of Wipeout. Um, this is not all the, the Saturn games I had. I just I, I kept the cases in good condition. I gotta figure out where the game discs are. <laughs> but, Oops! Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, but I think like what happened was they they ended up having to compete with the PS One, and then um, they, like it just wasn't really playing to its strengths by doing that, and so mm-hmm. you ended up with all these like like they had Tomb Raider and they had Resident Evil, but they didn't get Tomb Raider Two, and they didn't get Resident Evil Two. Yep. And so it became, like, the story became, oh, they were the ones who lost. They lost mm-hmm. all these franchises to the superior system. Yeah. But if you look at it as uh, more like this is what Sega did after the Genesis, it feels like a super-duper Genesis yeah. or something. You know, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's sort of the pinnacle of that 2D era. And, like, games still really haven't done better in that style than they did on the Saturn. You know, that yeah, was like and, as and, good and as it ever got. I, 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 I had a job and I can buy my own shit. And I remember I bought my first television and my parents couldn't tell me no. And I, it was, uh, it was like, well, no, this is when I was like 20 and I bought a, a, like a JVC 23 inch television with an S video input. And goddamn, if the Saturn didn't look amazing through an S video input. It yeah. looks really, really good, <laughs> uh, and and I it's it's still the only system I've ever hooked up through S video. But it was like, it was the the first big advancement over composite that I've ever experienced. It's very crispy. That that opens up this can of worms because people like to debate because the Saturn was full of fake transparencies. They use this like crosshatch, like the dithering effect, mm-hmm. yeah, like. Which the composite signal would blur to make a fake transparency. You use S video, it turns into a checkerboard, yep. which some people like, some people hate. I, well, I well, I know you have a, you specifically, Greg, have a fond history with. You spent a bunch of time in Japan and able to pick up a ton of great Saturn games over there, yeah, where the system well, was way better supported. Because yeah, to me, like this, like the story of the Saturn, like my entry point was so different. Um, I was mostly oblivious to it uh, when it was contemporary and to its story in the states because like i said i you know i got my game news years late uh, i was still new to the genesis when the saturn dropped uh and uh what happened was i moved to japan and one of my friends who i'd studied japanese with in school um was like hey now that you're in japan the this is one thing you got to do you got to get a saturn 
Um, and one of those, one of those white ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's yeah, there's a couple models. I like the white ones, but um, he he was like, yeah, uh, it's like the library is many times bigger, and they got lots of great stuff that we didn't get, and it's a completely different beast over there. It's also very affordable, and that was all true. Uh, so very early on, I picked one up for like thirty bucks. Nice. pristine condition it looked yeah. like it had barely been touched um and um you know there's rental like video rental stores were still a big thing when i lived there which was uh, so i moved there in 2007 and um there were rental shops and like used video slash bookshops on like outside every train station basically and um they they would they would sell retro games like used retro games and they always had a Saturn section and you could pick up um, like pretty great stuff pretty consistently for less than like five bucks mm-hmm. uh, and so I very quickly amassed a collection of like gems for like chump change and I didn't make much money but it basically like it became this sort of addicting treasure hunt you know looking for like Mm. just this thing you've never heard of that you have no context for that has gorgeous 2d graphics a lot of the time and costs like less than a sandwich you know (laughs) and um was yes it was this treasure hunt aspect but it was also like the most affordable way to play games at that time you know like ps2 was still contemporary um and it was, you know, games were just more expensive, so I was like gravitating toward the Saturn a lot. Um, That's exactly how I became like an NES connoisseur. I, I think I bought like 300 NES games in like 1996. Uh, I, I had some obviously throughout the years of collecting NES games, but I, I think it got up to 300 just because it was so affordable and like, yeah, I could. <laughs> I just won't get the I won't get the foot long, and I'll go get an NES game. <laughs> there, yeah, there's like a sweet spot for every console, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's it's now passe, but it hasn't yet become yeah, like collectors uh, nostalgic enough. Right. So everything is dirt cheap, but there's still lots of great stuff to discover. And I think that was a very long tail in Japan. But then because of foreigners like me, <laughs> mainly because of foreigners like me, mm-hmm. I think uh, prices slowly went up, and now they're they're way higher. You know, stuff that I bought for you know, ten bucks is now ten times that. Uh, Isn't it weird yeah. that back-to-back Sega systems had this phenomenon? Like, because you could argue both the Saturn and the Dreamcast. Like, yeah. a whole bunch of people got to experience those systems by scooping them up on clearance with a shit ton of games, yeah. and probably have some of their fondest gaming memories. Like that—that that was me and the Dreamcast for sure. You can't blame consumers at all. I was a, at least a day one adopter with a Dreamcast because of how much I loved the Saturn, but um. Very well supported systems with, I think, pound for pound, greater quality than PlayStation. PlayStation had a glut of games. Yeah, Every true. Shrek game you could ever think of. But those wouldn't come to Saturn. I kind of feel like you know, number one, the 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 failure here might be like I, I always think of like the curse of the third system. It feels like every console manufacturer, their third system does something. That is just like it. If even if it doesn't bomb, it's kind of like what, what? What was that really? Like the N sixty four is kind of a what was that exactly yeah. system? Yeah. And and the Saturn is that the PS three is that? Uh, I think I feel like the Xbox One in its early days was that. Um, mm-hmm. 
But yeah. but yeah, I mean, yeah. it was it was uh, also just like weird market strategies. Like even the way that the Saturn was discontinued was a fuck up because Sega cut it off in 1998, and because they wanted to make room for the Dreamcast, and they only put out like 12 games that entire year, and then uh, but then the Dreamcast didn't come out till 9999, so they effectively went an entire year with no new Sega games in in the West. Yeah, Ugh. think about that from a kid's perspective when something disappears for a year and you're 11. Mm-hmm. Or Greg. That's it's ancient. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, long it's like, gone. Oh, they brought yeah. that well not exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at the same time, like, 98 was the year of Metal Gear Solid. True. True. And, like, best year uh, in games. That, wasn't that, like, one of the best years of the PS1? <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. It, of anything. Like, StarCraft is that year. Yeah. Uh, Half-Life's around that year. And, and, you know, I can't help but wonder sometimes, like... Would would my love for the Saturn be so great if if I hadn't experienced it through you know by by getting these games uh, like completely independent from that context where there were no expectations at all and they were all like a couple bucks you know <laughs> like if I had I'd, paid I'd, like I'd, sixty I'd, bucks I'd, for each of each one of these I it's hard to about that with an ex girlfriend who went to a, a school that I didn't go to and you know I like go meet her at lunch and like, yeah, I went to the game store and picked up a copy of Buster Bust Loose. It's awesome. So it's like, yeah, I would get suspended from high school and then just go to the retro game store, <laughs> put a dollar's worth of gas in my car and pick up like a Super Nintendo Genesis or an NES game and rock the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird flex. <laughs> it's it, it, Yeah, I, I won. In one of the high schools I went to, I won most suspended. It's an award at the end of the yearbook. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's not great. Um, yeah, Matt shaking his head. Yeah. He does not approve. Does not approve. <laughs> but we, no fighting, no drug dealing. Just saying. Yeah, we probably insubordination transition into the top five. Which another one of the things that people talked about killed the Saturn at the time was rampant importing, and it's true that some of the Saturn's best games did not come out in the U.S. at all. And most of them. Yeah, most of them. So after after talking to you, Greg came up with a list top five saturn games that never came to the u.s it is by no means comprehensive uh it is heavily slanted by my own preferences and things that i wanted to see at the time does it, does it have anything to do with the, the game greg has done some work on recently it may okay good that's so, another thing saying, we should probably we, gotta, we should probably plug Chris, this isn't a spoiler cast <laughs> we've got a long time without plugging the thing greg I, I i'm know, just trying to help plug the thing <laughs> May as yeah, well, well I was I, I figured I'd do it at the end but, okay. or when I mean, we get we to could, that. We I mean, save it. We could save it. It took us 25 minutes to get to the top 5, yeah. so we're fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, we played Black <laughs> yeah. Leaks, so I guess you're <laughs> We'll we'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah, um, you you guys you guys are probably if you've listened this far, you're already in. Please enjoy this ad you heard already. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Matt, come with me mm. on a journey of the mind. Imagine shaving with a sleek well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. Mm. You too could be one of the first people to try the new Lawnmower 4.0 and be blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. We've talked about our trials and travails while trying to tame the hair down there. Let's just say that areas of the body were placed in peril that should never be put in such precarious positions. I've been manscaping for a very long time, oftentimes with painful results. I don't know why those other trimmer guys even call those things guards, because 
it certainly wasn't doing its job in guarding anything <laughs> the times that it resulted in injury. Take my word for it, manscaping has always been something I've been very much into, and no one made a product specifically for and I didn't think I could be happier with the previous Manscaper, but man, I cannot wait to try out the Lawnmower 4.0. Chris, Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my beautiful baby boys down under. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on and off switch with a travel lock so that you don't run out of battery when you're on the go. It doesn't accidentally turn on there in your bag. Not that you would run out of battery, because get this, the 4.0 features a new wireless charging system that uses Whoa. electromagnetic induction, Whoa. which can help your battery last longer. So longer charge, shorter hairs. Ah. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. It's true. It's true, fellas. You got to figure out which one's right for you because if you're like me and have a hairy tummy or everywhere else, you can't just go shorn have it look like a brush fire occurred in the middle of your body yeah this isn't a one-size-fits-all thing i go a little bit longer in the chest region i go with it's the magnum is what i call it the magnum pi look but this also gives you the ability to turn the 4000k led spotlight on or off when needed for a more precise shave the other thing i gotta mention it here fellas if you've been using the same trimmer on your face that you do on your nuts don't do that you are doing it all wrong no one wants to end up with pubes in their mouth that's disgusting <laughs> it's time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with manscaped to make mm-hmm. me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice smooth baby boys mm-hmm. and right now chris our listeners can get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code laser time at manscaped.com that's right 20 percent off Free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code LASERTIME. One word, baby. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Folks, you know us here at the Laser Time Network. We consume a lot of of content for quote-unquote research purposes. <laughs> From games to TV shows to movies, we're always online downloading something, streaming something. But there are times when it's nearly impossible to access a piece of content you want because it isn't available in the U.S. for whatever reason. Oh, those things like annoying licensing deals, geo-restricted servers, or platforms that are just not available in your location make it next to impossible to get your hands on the stuff you want. Hey, that's why we couldn't be happier that NordVPN is our sponsor today, and they provide an easy-to-use workaround for all these problems. With over 5,400 servers in 59 countries, they can always find a server to get us access to the game shows and movies we need to do our job. It could not be any simpler to use either. With their AutoConnect feature, you can instantly access the fastest VPN solutions out there across a variety of devices, including PC, Android, iOS, Mac, and even more. Hey, maybe even Android TV. Just open a map, click on a location, and you'll be connected in seconds. It is that easy. Is there a game or movie or TV show not available in your country? It's not a problem anymore. Just change your virtual location for access to a variety of international storefronts. You can even do this to access different streaming platforms that may not be available in your country.
in your home country. Talking to you, Canada. You can find discounts on games, lower streaming subscriptions, and even take advantage of international sales and pricing. So how do you get on this? Easy. Go to NordVPN.com slash LazerTime or use the coupon code LazerTime to get a two-year plan plus one additional month with a huge discount. And hey, they even have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you've got nothing to lose. Once again, go to NordVPN.com slash LazerTime to use the code LazerTime, one word, to get a two-year plan plus one additional month at a huge discount. Thank you, NordVPN. And we're back to talk about what? NordVPN, I mean... The um, best Japan, <laughs> Japan exclusives on Saturn, but I did want to, I don't want to ruin your list, Michael, but we got to caveat it. They might have come to other platforms in At North least, America, Well, right? I think one of oh, them. Oh, is that right? One of them came to other platforms, and that is actually the reason that we're going to start with it. Number five. That has to be GoldenEye 32. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Radiant Silver Gun. Yes, Radiant Silver Gun. Thank you, Greg. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is available for Xbox Live Arcade. Came out for the 360. It's backward compatible on Xbox One. And as of this recording, it's on sale for 750 So just saying. Hey. It's out oh, there. Wow. If you all want to try it for yourselves. I have never been a huge fan of shmups. And so getting into it, it's just like, okay, well, it's cool. It gives me a bunch of attacks right off the bat, but I don't really know how to wield them effectively. And I'm dead. And I try a couple more times, and I'm dead. But seeing other people play it, there's a lot of really incredible stuff in this game. Like, for the time especially, but even still now, like this largely 2D game that has, like, all these cool parallax scrolling effects, and then, like, the bosses show up, and there are these huge, like, freely moving 3D creatures that just, like, yeah. weave in and out of the background and foreground. It's it's beautiful-looking game. Yeah. In terms of gameplay, it also did some really cool, like, that was, shooters had kind of become a state, a pretty stagnant genre at the time, but like, mm-hmm. these guys, this, the new stuff they added to this game are, it, like, it, they're systems. They're like these incredible, cool systems. So like, for example, what, one of my favorite things about this game, cause I bought it cause Michael recommended, cause it was on sale, um, you just start out with every weapon available to you. They're all just mapped to different button presses. It's not like other shmups where it's like, oh, well, you have to collect the weapon you want. You might not get that one, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, every weapon you have here is is there from the start. And then the trick is the more you use them, the more you power them up. And then I, I'm probably not in the arcade version, but co- the home console versions, you can keep the same save. And even if you die, when you restart the game, you have the powered up versions of the weapon. So it's almost like a roguelike. It's like a roguelike because you're getting more powerful progressively on the save so that eventually the the early levels will be very easy to you. I'm glad one of us stuck with this. Story. Yeah, that, that's what they called Saturn mode on the Saturn. I don't mm. know if they call it Xbox. I think they call it the story Xbox. mode yeah, on the Xbox 360 It's version. story mode. And uh, I guess in both versions, you can play the arcade mode, which is just no frills. Here's the game. And then there's story or Saturn mode where they add a bunch of uh, cutscenes and character dialogue and VO during in the middle of the action. It's like you can hear Greg like like 
voicing stuff like this is his Caddyshack, like, <laughs> repeating lines. Well, I mean, he's he's saying like so. You at the beginning of the game, uh, you've you've witnessed this thing like this crystal thing got triggered and all these aliens got drawn to Earth, and so the the crew of this ship has been like hiding for a year in space, and now they're they're running low on supplies, so they need to come back to Earth to try and save the day. And, you know, uh, I was just thinking that like there, there's there's a recurring theme throughout the Saturn, especially with 3D games, of mm-hmm. crystals, and I think it's because that was like a thing they could they could make in 3D. Yeah, it's it's like eight triangles. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's a good point. And and yeah. also like the 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 character designs on this, I think I've seen them in other uh, treasure games, like I think uh, Mischief Makers and Gunstar Heroes, but like. For whatever reason, like the characters all look like their faces are melting to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's the weirdest uh, animation style. Yeah, it's so yeah. odd. It's just like yeah, that, that that girl looks like her giant cheek isn't supported and is kind of sagging to one side. Oh. They just like yeah, they an just don't have in their face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's yeah. funny. I never thought of that. Big, big squishy jellyfish heads. Um, but but yeah, the 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 actual action is top notch, and one of the reasons I wanted to make sure this got in the list is because for years, I knew Radiant Silver Gun only by name and reputation. I had no idea what the game was. I just knew that this was like the yeah. holy grail of Saturn collectible games. It's like it's impossible to find. It's super expensive. I, I remember, yeah, it was, and it was like very emblematic of like this thing you couldn't acquire over here. It's like, nope, sorry, mm-hmm. only released in Japan, and one of the greatest shmups of all time completely revitalized the genre. Ooh, sorry. Sorry, you can't play sorry. that. Sorry. You guys sorry, wouldn't Gaijin. want that. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's, more of a, it's only, it's it's only more Treasure, of a, one of the yeah. most uh, beloved. And, it's more of a Canada and, and, idea. And, no, it's <laughs> Treasure yeah. transitioning to shmups, we should point out. Treasure, who had no, mostly known for action platformers before then, this was like their first shmup. Was it yeah. their first? They're still, yeah. They're still in the, in the middle of being like this just a weirdo can't miss company like treasure was so much fun uh, they just yeah i mean they they were in a league of their own especially on the genesis and um you know i came into the genesis late so there was a lot like just dumb luck but i, I had like my local game store which was starland which is now east starland which you may know because it's one of the bigger like online used game stores but they were our local mm. and um uh my brother and I, we used to go there and like look for Sega games to get. And I remember we were, we were eyeing this copy of Dynamite Duke, which is like that <laughs> lame gallery shooter with like the, the, the photo of an actual guy in army fatigues on the cover. Right. And I only know it because like, of, uh, Parker Lewis can't lose. It was featured in an episode once. Oh my God. What a time capsule. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. Thanks, Coob. <laughs> Can we get one Parker Lewis reference per show, please? Oh, like just yeah. as hard. <laughs> it's vague even for me. <laughs> But part. we were cool. we were eyeing this thing. We were probably gonna get it, and then the clerk was like, "Hey, you guys should check out this this game, Gunstar Heroes." And we we're like, "What's that? We never heard of that." And he's like, "Look for it." And we found it, and you know, it has like this cartoon drawing of like what looked like children on the cover. Mm. And I was like, "I don't know. This looks like it's for little kids." And I was like nine or ten, <laughs> and uh, the guy was like, "Trust me." <laughs> And so we ended up buying it, and it was just, like, so phenomenally beyond anything else we'd seen that I became an instant treasure fan. And I used to, like, in the early days, earlier days of the internet, I used to, uh, like, look up treasure stuff online, and I would always hear about this Radiant Silver Gun, which was the 
weirdest name to me. Like, yeah. what is that? It sounds glorious. And then hearing <laughs> that it was a Saturn only, Saturn only Japan only game, I was like, Whoa, that's a thing. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can't help but wonder if that fueled my <laughs> desire to study how Japanese. Could it, how could it not? How could the makers of the best McDonald's game of all time? Right. Not right. If, yeah, even if their McDonald's did. game is fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to be honest with you. Even if I played the Jap- Japanese version, like I would have been frustrated. Like, So the one frustrating thing, Michael is playing that super long cinematic. Hmm. That happens literally, like he said, over the action. So I'm trying to stay alive in a shmup, and I can't understand what they're saying. I can't read those subtitles. I'm just like, great. I'm going to have to go back and like read these later I on mean, YouTube. I also if, you, if, you were to, if you were to go to war in space in a warship, your wife is going to call. And you just <laughs> You just have to deal with I it. I don't remember there ever being a moment where you actually have to do anything and they're talking, but I also never got that far. So there there one, was kind of a crazy moment. I was I was watching someone play it where the perspective shifts from, like, rather than the usual view you have of the battlefield to, like, you are the old guy and or the robot on the ship watching, like, a wireframe readout of the battle, but you're still playing and oh, and right. so like it's just like a wireframe ship with fighting a wireframe enemy and you can kind of hear your own pilot's chatter as if it's coming in over the radio. Anyway. See that's that's classic treasure. They're so good at like understanding the inner workings of the hardware and exhausting their options to do as many unique things as possible. They've mm. always done that. Like the like all of Gunstar Heroes is that. Yeah. But um, I, I give them credit for the almost the best Tiny Tunes game of all time. The uh, <laughs> weird. The, have you seen that one? It, it's like it's not a side scroller. Just Buster walking right and punch juggling all the enemies. Oh with yeah, where they all callable yeah, partners. It's like the Astro Boy game. It's, Buster's it's, Bad Dream. Yes, it's yeah, yeah. fucking great. It's in that uh, Tiny Tunes video I made that people didn't watch, so I, I shouldn't name check <laughs> it there. I should always try to draw attention to that. Mm. I, um, <laughs> this game was expensive even when I lived in Japan. I, I, uh, there was this horrible month. I, I worked for a company that went bankrupt, so they stopped paying us and I quit. And then I was doing freelance, and I had to translate a 400-page novel in a month. Oh, God. That was the worst. That, that was the worst thing I've ever had to do. But um, to reward myself when it was done, I bought this game, uh, and it was 120 bucks for a soiled copy. <laughs> like the manual was like covered in something, <laughs> but worth every penny. Gross. Like yeah, we uh, we knocked a few uh, few hundred yen off for the urine, but. Uh... <laughs> I don't know if um, you guys remember this, but back in the like back in the day. Uh, they used to say that um, Ikaruga was like the spiritual successor to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I was just about to bring up like some of the ways that you can see that when you play the original. So like mm-hmm. Ikaruga is all about the black and white thing, right? It's like enemy colors play into the gameplay a lot. In this game, it's a kind of a more complex system. There's three enemy color categories, and you try to build chains in that color, and you get bonuses for doing that, and that's how you can like level up your weapons faster and everything. It's like so that that enemy color coding concept is totally Nikaruga, and there's also like another 
risk reward system in this game where you have this like sword weapon that will kind of sweeps around your ship like like think of like a lightsaber going around something in a circle you use that to actually absorb this like certain things that enemies shoot at you certain projectiles and that builds up a meter that then when it's full you use like this uber sword attack that kills everything on the screen at one time and you can even do it during boss battles it's insane yeah, I can't think of another shmup that relies so little on uh, power-ups. Like, there's nothing to get it other than bullets. Like, you can you can absorb bullets. There's no other power-ups in the game. And I, yeah, I think this and Ikaruga are, like, the only games, the only shmups like that that I've ever played. <laughs> we should probably move along unless anyone has anything else to say about Radiant Silvergun. No. Bongai O for life. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, let's go. Number four. That is uh, what you'll hear a lot of the time in uh, Dragon Force 2. Oh, I clearly heard Link dying. Yeah, the sequel to one of my favorite games on Genesis that, again, never came out over here. It came out in... Oh, Gen- uh, sorry, Saturn, you're right. Uh, <laughs> my favorite games on Saturn never came out over here. Weird slip of the tongue. I guess the sequel came out in Japan in, in 98. And of course, by then, uh, Sega wasn't planning to do it. Working Designs, the company that localized and published the first game in the U.S., was working on Magic Knight Rayearth, and apparently uh, things with Sega were not going so great with them. For whatever reason, Dragon Force 2 never made it to the U.S. It did get a fan translation a few years back, so if you have the means to uh, use fan translations, which might come up in a later entry... um, Take advantage. But um, it also didn't change much, which still makes it pretty unique. I mean, it's still like, you know, two two generals facing off on a battlefield. You pick a general out of out of like a small pool that's associated to like one of the different kingdoms you can play as. And the, it's all just tactical. Like you decide like, OK, tell your army to form ranks or to uh, charge ahead or to skirt around to the sides or whatever. It's, it's just all about trying to outmaneuver your opponent's army and both armies are moving around in real time all over the field. You, you just kind of can pan the camera around and, and watch the action unfold. And there's like a ton of 2d troops on screen. It's great. It, yeah. This series, it felt like a, like a Saturn showpiece because mm-hmm. it was just pushing out so many sprites, you know, yeah. you could have up to a hundred troops per side so you're watching 200 sprites clash in real time with basically no slowdown ever, uh, as I remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and, and, and the game itself is really surprisingly addictive, and even the story was pretty compelling. I just I didn't get to this, uh, not even to uh, part one. I didn't get to part one until last year, but once I, uh, you know, uh, had, like gave it, a decent amount of time, like a single sit down, it like really got its hooks in me, and then I played through it straight within a week. And there's yeah, there's really not much like it, um, visually or gameplayally. Right. Like that's yeah, that's it, it's it's why I I love the Saturn. It's like the the end of this family tree of games. Like yeah. no one's making games like this anymore. That's it's, right. It's it's, it's the best because it's the only version of whatever the, the evolution of this genre became. And and that's that's made it age very well. Um, mm-hmm. So which I think has 
contributed a lot to the prices going up so much. But uh, Dragon Force 1, even 2, like if, if you're into importing, I don't think it's that pricey. I actually scored a copy oh. in Brooklyn for like uh, like 20 bucks or something. Oh, wow. Uh, just like last, uh, like a year or two ago. Uh, although now with the fan translation, I don't know when that dropped, but I'm curious if that tends to contribute to like uh, prices going up, or if no one cares that much. <laughs> I, I've always I, I tend to ask shit like that, and it, it tends to have nothing to do with anything. They're like completely separate markets. People want to play, and people want to collect. Hmm. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Part of the appeal of Dragon Force for me was not just the battles, which are a lot of fun. But the storylines, the fact that like there are multiple storylines, it's about these these like what like eight kingdoms or something that all go yep. to war at the same time. And you, in the first game, you you pick uh, like I want I want to play as this king or emperor or general or whatever, and then you get a storyline for them. Uh, some of them are like your traditional anime RPG heroes. Some of them seem like villains at first, but then as you play them and go through their storylines, you find out like. Oh, they're really the good guys. In fact, they're some of the best of the good guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, you know, they, they really know about this other threat that's coming. And, uh, but, but that's, it's, it's just cool to, to be able to see the same conflict from all these different perspectives. And then the, the second game continues in the same vein, but it's like hundreds of years later. Uh, it's the same kingdoms, but they like reference the first game's characters as like these legendary heroes of their old mythology and, uh, a little bit like Dragon Warrior that way, I guess. Yeah, nice little pat on the back to people who played the first one. It's like, oh yeah, man, yeah, exactly. I'm a legend. <laughs> yeah. Can you, uh, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around when I read descriptions of the game. It's like, well, it's a, it's a tactics game, but it's real time. Like, mm-hmm. how does that actually play out? Like, how so does that work? It's, it's actually pretty easy to visualize because like, okay, you have an army on screen, say like about, uh, 20 to 80 troops. I'm not sure what the actual number is of sprites that they can fit on screen. Uh, I think it, 100 was the max. Yeah, like a, so up to 100 troops uh, all milling around your little general, and, and they're all like independently moving sprites. And then on the other side of the field, there's another 100 or so troops uh, of the, the enemies. And then it's – but it's all in real time, and you're giving orders. So you're saying like – advance, charge, form ranks, uh, disperse, take this formation, stuff like that. So it's almost like a sports game in that respect. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, right. oh. It's actually football manager too. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not that complicated. <laughs> like it's almost a little arcadey. Like they're not mm. trying to, like you don't have to be a, like Sun Tzu <laughs> to succeed. No, no. Uh, but mm. like there, there'll be things like, oh, I know that this general has this special attack where he shoots like a sonic boom straight down the center of the map. So when I see that, when I know that his meter is about to be full, I want my troops to disperse to the top and bottom of the screen so that they're out of the way of that attack. So there's mm. just like little things like that. You know what this sounds like to me is this should have been a spin-off series to like Musou games. You know, like, if Musou games yeah. were more like this, I might be more interested in Musou games. Uh, because yeah. like if, if you, if you were out there fighting and you issuing orders to like an army of troops that was moving with you, like that might be kind of cool. Um, this, this is sort of the opposite of that though. You're just ordering the troops. You, you don't actually move. Your character doesn't move. Like they'll, they'll fight things that come in around them. Uh, they can launch the special attacks that Greg mentioned. Sitting 
And then, like, there under some conditions, you can fight duels with the other generals and, yeah. and just finish the the fight a little bit more quickly. Um, yeah, it's also had fully voiced cutscenes, but again, all the voices are in Japanese. No, yeah, その I have no idea what they're saying. I just picked a, a thing at random. I, I, no me gusta. <laughs> no use trying to conquer the continent at, at this point. Something to like that effect. This is one, it's it's on the list not so much because of how impressive it is, although it is pretty cool what this game can do. But it's like, really neat. This is one that I always, always wanted, and it never came here. Yeah, it's it's like a fish that learned to breathe, and like a, but but got wiped out by an invasive species. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to look at, and it and, and I think it was on consoles or like PS3 or 360 back in the day. I don't think uh, so. Make, Dragon Force 2? I don't, I don't, oh, I don't think so. Sorry, 1. one. I was thinking of 1. I think I mean, you might the... be thinking of Guardian Heroes. That did get it. Well, Dragon Force got a Sega Ages treatment on PS2, but that was also Japan only. Oh, and I don't course. know if they included the sequel or not. I would I would guess probably not. Man, that yeah, would be a, cool. There's a, a PS3 cool game to bring ent- there's a PS3 entry on the game in Japan on Japan's Sega website. Hmm. No um, way. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it just felt like, um, you know, this, I don't know how this did in the States, but it seems like it must have been sort of a flagship title. Yeah. Like, it, it's well, one of the best I mean, Saturn it, titles. It says something Sega themselves didn't want to localize it, so it went to Working Designs, which was at the time very much known. Like, they, they did a lot of work with Sega, but they were sort of in this, like, boutique publisher almost for, like, this mm-hmm. is for, like, hardcore anime RPG fans. We will do a really lavish localization with a full color manual and cloth will, maps and all this ni- cool shit. You will pay ninety dollars yes. minimum. Yes, <laughs> sometimes too lavish, too, uh-huh. sometimes too freewheeling with and, the translations. <laughs> and in fact, yeah, Working Designs published the last official Saturn game to be released in the U.S., which was Magic Knight Ray Earth, which I was kind of a fan of the anime at the time, and I saw it on a shelf and was really excited for it, and was like, oh, but it's like 60 bucks. Uh, it's too much. And now <laughs> it's worth hundreds. It's worth wow. hundreds, of, like $1,000 on eBay copies are going for. I mean, I love telling my local, uh, my Tallahassee local game store, like, dude, I bought two copies of Pantier Dragoon Saga from you guys. Oh, like, yeah, wow. Saturn sell- section wasn't selling. Well, <laughs> What was I supposed to do? Not put it on the shelves and wait for it to add collector's value? I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but here's here's something that I'm actually surprised never came to the U.S. Number three. Ready. Ready. Fight. Ah, oh, I love that Mega Man music. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It, it's Zero's guitar work. It's It really does. Work. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'll just let the announcer tell us what this is. This is X-Men versus Street Fighter. Uh, yeah, X-Men versus Street Fighter and also uh, Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter. Both came to Saturn in Japan, never came to Saturn in the U.S. There and... is something about Japan-only X-Men game that just doesn't compute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's bizarre. And I know why. Because this did come to PlayStation, but the Saturn version was the only arcade-perfect version because the Saturn, you needed to play it with the RAM cart. The, the, yeah. the was it four megabytes? Yeah, it's like a four <laughs> megabyte RAM cart add-on. 
And if you did that, then it had the memory to handle the character switching, which is the main right. reason to pick up X-Men versus Street Yeah, because, well, the PlayStation version can do, like, a hacked version, but it's, like, you and your opponent have to select basically cross versions of the same characters, yeah. right? It, it, so, it's like, like a, a mirror match. Like, you can be yeah. Gambit and Sabretooth, but they have to be Sabretooth and Gambit. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's technically on PlayStation. This is the one I was talking about, though, where the Saturn has the superior version, because I I know four megabytes sounds like nothing, but you have to remember the Saturn itself only had one point five megabytes of VRAM, which is still half a megabyte more than the Sony PlayStation at the time. So it's like mm-hmm. okay, four four megabytes. That's fucking huge compared to what it had. Yeah. Like, yeah. But you know, I remember reading things at the time, like people writing into IGN saying, why isn't Sega bringing this out? Why, why isn't Capcom bringing this out? And it's like, well, you know, you kind of, if, if you require an add-on, that sort of splits the user base and it minimizes the appeal of the thing and people have to also buy this thing. But uh, It puts it into Donkey Kong 64 territory. Mm, people don't want it. Yeah. People just don't want any of that. I guess not. Uh, yeah, that that game bombed terrifically. Uh, Wait, that their, their argument doesn't hold up water, though, when you consider they published it in North America on PlayStation, which is... So it's like, wait, you're okay with the worst version of this game over right. here on one platform, <laughs> but not... Dude, if you take a glance on the wiki page at the review scores, the Saturn version's review scores are literally doubled. Mm-hmm. Wow, they wow. are doubled from... The- Honestly, if this had come out in the U.S., mm-hmm. it might have saved the Saturn by itself. Eh, maybe. I, I, like, I didn't hear about this game until after Marvel Super Heroes, which got hmm. sort of got all the arcade and headline hype. Even though the X-Men... It, I love that the Marvel vs. Capcom series starts with the X-Men. Like, yeah. solo and then fighting just Street Fighter characters. It seems so... You would never want to go back to that. Um you see what I'm saying? Like you might, you, like why would I want to fight just Street Fighter characters when I could be fighting all Capcom characters yeah. or all Marvel characters? Yeah, well, that, yeah. that's another reason. Like probably why the the only like I think this this came to arcade one up, but that mm-hmm. might be the only arcade perfect home version uh, in in the U.S. If I may, I cannot recommend that enough. You can get that on Walmart right now and have been able to for months for three hundred and fifty dollars. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> Five games and a fake arcade machine maybe you don't want that but if you wanted to mod it it's got the you know 12 button two stick configuration it will be your ultimate mod machine it is the prettiest arcade one up that exists i look at it every day and consider it hmm. and i don't need it at all <laughs> it's so it, it's so pretty and like and like even if i don't mod this this is beautiful and i love x-men versus street fighter i really do but but to your point chris i think that's why we haven't ever seen an actual arcade perfect port of this on more recent yeah. hardware because like why would we when there's like yeah. marvel versus capcom one two and three no greg and i were working on like marvel uh versus capcom origins was that what it was called infinite oh, oh origins yeah no, the collections origins. yeah yeah but, but that, that yeah it was like oh we got the marvel license again we could release old marvel games and it just seemed to be the priority like no people people will complain if spider-man and you know, uh, Hulk aren't in the game. And I'm like, I, I, I get it. They, no one ever said this to me, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I get why you would leave with that foot forward when you're releasing a 15-year-old game. 
But it also meant that X-Men, uh, Children of the Atom and, uh, versus Street Fighter got short shrift for a real long time. But they're real neat games. And most of my fighting game friends say they're amongst the most complex and uh, fun to master. Yeah. It's also the first place that you could hear this kind of an exchange. <laughs> well, and this was the, it was, it was so much faster, um, it just felt faster and bigger than what they had done so far. Like, Children of the Atom was really cool, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but it's hard to go back after this, yeah. you know, and especially with the it, RAM add-on. Even on Saturn, it didn't look that good. Uh, but then, yeah, compared to X-Men versus Street Fighter, it's like this vibrant arcade perfect port, and mm-hmm. uh, that that is the reason that I got, um, you know, the... The, the original RAM cartridge that they, Sega sold, I don't think... I looked for it forever. I could never find it. I, I don't think it let you play import Imports. games. However, yeah. the Action Replay, which also had the, the uh, RAM cart inside, let you... Uh, uh, it was like a mod chip, and it let you play Japanese games. And so that's how I imported this. And uh, and also Vampire Savior, a.k.a. Darkstalkers 3, which is just like, oh, yeah, it's this beautifully animated version that's like you don't have the character switching but like it's high res and moves so smoothly compared to like the playstation version again maybe a good time for a psa that nowadays um you can get for like 50 bucks you can get these cartridges that are an all-in-one thing they have the it's the memory cartridge for saturn Mm. yeah Mm. it's the it's the memory cartridge it also uh, works as the RAM expansion, and there was a four megabyte expansion and a one megabyte expansion. And depending on the game, you needed one or the other. All the SNK fighters used the one meg. Jesus, uh, I'm not the king of Siam. Give me the one megabyte. Yeah. Expansion. <laughs> <laughs> and then it also comes loaded with this thing called Pseudo Saturn, which is a hack that you can use to do a bunch of fancy stuff uh, that I maybe won't get into. <laughs> You don't want to get sued by the Saturn Corporation? Greg, come on. <laughs> Sega has priorities these days, and none of them are protecting Saturn copyright. Um, well, you can I mean, basically you can play burned copies of stuff. So if you don't want to oh, shell out $7,000 uh, for that copy of Hyper Duel. We, hmm. we didn't say this. Saturn emulation is still pretty iffy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, like, that's I, kind it, of the main reason I want the, um, what is it, the, uh, used to be called Retro Blocks. I always forget. Polymega. Like, yeah. that, mm-hmm. that thing that is... Uh, you know, still hasn't, is like a year late or something. It was supposed to be available through Walmart a while ago. And it's like, oh, it'll play like Saturn and PlayStation and all these other games. And like, but <laughs> they, they were running like pretty decent Saturn emulation. So, like, and, and sometimes behind the scenes, I'm like, I, I, I need to put in another hard drive and like, and like, well, that shouldn't take very long. And like, I've cloned so many drive using demon tools and alcohol trying to run. <laughs> The SSF emulator, I am out of drives. You can get to 26 is your limit on most Windows PCs. And <laughs> because of how Saturn emulation works, I'm not kidding. Like, I have a clone of Mr. Bones thing still on my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to like go way into the, 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 my configuration and delete these drives that my Saturn emulator forces you to use to this day. It, it's, yeah, it's still, it's not very good. Hmm. At this point, SSF I think is one of the better Saturn emulators. Mm-hmm. Good to know, but uh, yeah, X Men versus Greg Street would... Fighter, fantastic import. But would it have been as fantastic as number two?
this is like a whole battle in this game, I should say. Or two turns of it. Um, okay, turns. Uh, is this Shining Force? Yeah, this is Shining three. Force 3, Scenario 2 and 3. Um, this yes. this yeah. was... Um, we talked about this, Greg. You were saying, like, this kind of makes the same point as Dragon Force 2. Except, here's the thing. Shining Force 3, Scenario 1, was one of the final Saturn games to be released in 1998 in the U.S., it came out in the U.S. a little bit after Scenario 2 came out in Japan and before Scenario 3 came out. And I was really enjoying it at first. And then someone told me, like, oh, yeah, you know, we're not getting Chapters 2 and 3. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, it's a three-part game. There's, like, three episodes where you play <laughs> as different characters. And, and you get, like, different perspectives on the story and, like, the complete story. And I'm like, fuck! And then I just <laughs> I, I kind of lost interest because, like, I'm not going to get the whole story What's even the point? Why do I want to play the first chapter of a three-chapter story? Yeah, worse story? than not the, the complete story. Only the first act? Like, come yeah. on. Like, <laughs> you get all now, this set up, none of the payoff. I, no, thank you. I will say, looking into this, I found out, okay, so for the U.S. version, because they knew that they weren't going to ever localize 2 and 3, they rewrote the ending a bit to make it a bit more conclusive. The original oh. Japanese version ends in a cliffhanger. Uh, ah. Shinji died on the way to his home planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, like, getting a little bit spoilery, the end of the first game in Japan ends with, like, the, uh, like the leaders of the side that you'll be playing a character from in the second scenario, they attack the, the main characters in the first scenario, and it just fades out there. Uh, the US version, it's like the, the other side gets there and they're like, Oh, well, we had to make a truce to fight the real bad guys, so I guess, you know, the the war isn't over, but this battle is. And, uh, yeah, just just sort of ends there. Yeah. Friends forever, thick and thin. <laughs> <laughs> so a rushed, mushy ending. That's almost yeah. worse than a cliffhanger you don't get resolution for, to mm. be honest. Well, I mean, it... it it's better than nothing, I guess. And this was this was a fantastic game. Like if you like if you like your fire emblems, uh, Shining Force Three was just it was like a, a traditional RPG. But then all the battles were like these grid based tactics affairs where yeah you're you're moving your troops around and then you attack and it's a little like almost like a little mini cutscene where these two these two characters are isolated on the battlefield and one attacks the other. Occasionally, <laughs> one of them will. Cast a spell. Yeah, oh, man, you got that anime laser sound. Like that—that that sound is so unmistakable. You know the one I'm. <laughs> not not to go off too much on on companies like Treasure and stuff, but uh, I love looking at this. This is Camelot, mm. uh, basically the creators of Waluigi, and they're. Their bio is just like shining, 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 Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, Mario Golf. For the rest, it's half and half. <laughs> the rest of, the, half of their lives were spent making revered RPGs, half of their life all-star Nintendo sports games. Well, hold it's, on, I see the relation. You get turn-based tactics. In golf, you have to yeah. take turns. It makes perfect sense to me. I don't know what you're talking about. All, all the, when they took over the, the Mario Golf and Tennis games, that's when I got interested in these types of games. They yeah. all have RPG elements and like, Hidden moves and shit you need to unlock by doing a certain amount of things. 
the RPG elements make those games. And yeah. that's all because of yeah. like Camelot Learn so and Shining good. Force. Because this is the worst timeline, I am more excited for Mario Golf Super Rush oh, than like that any Rush game mode in looks the dope, I, It looks so good. I love Mario Golf. Yeah. There's a few uh, Shining games, though, on the Saturn. I never yeah, totally made sense of that. Because there's Shining Wisdom, and there's Shining the Holy Ark. Hmm. Was, it, oh, was yeah, Shining yeah. in the Darkness a Genesis Shining game? Shining in the Darkness? I forget. I think it might have been. That's the first one. That's the, yeah, it's a Genesis game. Yeah. Well, There's that wrestling move, the Shining Wizard. There's a lot of Shining. So wait, was Shining Force the tactical spinoff of Shining in the Darkness? Is that how it's, it works? There are multiple Shining Force guidance, so yeah. like it gets confusing. <laughs> it's just like Fire Emblem again. But, uh, but a lot of this is because they were developing exclusively for Sega uh, and Game Gear, sadly. Uh, game, a lot of these are Game Gear exclusives. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like this was a really fun game. I, I felt a little more than a little cheated at the time. In that it's just like, oh, I, I bought this game and I'm not even get to see all of it. What's what's the point of playing? And uh, I, I wish I'd stuck with it because it was a really good tactical RPG. Yeah, it's 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 hyperbolic to say that Shining Force was brought up in the same breath of like Final Fantasy and. Dragon, Dragon, Dragon Quest, but it was like a top tier RPG mm-hmm. for like ten fucking years, yes, yeah. uh, and and then just like completely disappeared. This is basically the video game equivalent of Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. Mm. It's just like, yeah, yeah, this is what you get. <laughs> oh God, you're absolutely right. Yeah, mm-hmm. May, have Rankin Bass finish this, <laughs> please. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Camelot, have Camelot do it in the Mario Golf style. You know, but please, Mister Shining Force, I'm Mister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the first game, or the first chapter, which is what the U.S. got, um, you're playing as, like, the, these uh, soldiers from this Republic army, and then uh, they, they meet these, these other, uh, like, Imperial troops a few times and, like, sort of fight alongside each other, and then you play as those guys in, in Scenario 2, and then in scenario three, there's like a third character who's like a mercenary who showed up a, a couple times in the previous scenarios, and like he's the secret real main character of of this. Uh, like, I, I hesitate to call it a series. Technically, it is three games. They were three standalone retail releases that could all be played separately. But like, if you had saves from the previous ones, like it would enhance the experience. According to the box copy that you were reading me earlier, Craig. Right. <laughs> um, but but yeah, they, but the structure of it kind of made me think of all things of uh, near Automata, and that it's oh. like so the first two uh, scenarios take place at the same time, and then the third one takes place after both of them. So oh, okay, with, with sure. some overlap. So again, kind of made me like it's it's sort of like what if near Automata came to the U.S. but uh, there was no New Game Plus. You just got the first ending, and that's it. That's that's oh, God, sort yeah. of what the experience was. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that game after playthrough one is like a solid six, and mm-hmm. it slowly becomes a ten because yeah. when you realize, like, oh, I wasn't wasn't playing the real game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now um, it seems there is a, tran- a fan translation for scenarios two and three now, yes. right? Yeah. But it's... I know at least scenario two has been fan translated, and I think three is being if it's not done yet, it's being worked on. But speaking of fan translations, Greg. That's the stuff. Mix 
explosions and 80s rock. Hell yeah. And navigation yeah. on the fly. Yeah. So tell us about Bulk Slash. Bulk Slash. And your connection uh, to it, full disclosure. Up front. Love this game. To me, this just symbolizes that thing about the Saturn of being like the Saturn Japan-only library of being full of weird gems that are just really charming uh, and interesting and that you will never hear about. And, um, yes. you know, uh, it's, it's also, I think, a really great showpiece for the Saturn, but they never really treated it like one because, you know, it's, it's fully 3D. It's like a fast-paced 3D action game that actually looks good, and it also, it, it combines fun action with, uh, like, sort of very light, what do you call it, like, dating sim Mm-hmm. Uh, concepts because dating sims were like that, that was way off my radar um, but that was undeniably a big part of the gaming landscape in Japan at that time especially on the Saturn mm-hmm. um, but uh, kind of a hard sell for action fans I think uh, and especially western gamers where that wasn't really a thing uh, but because the game is so fun and um, just easy to get into, I think that it's it's an interesting entry point into that genre as well. Uh, but also, I think it just it's it's the uh, the best the Saturn ever looked in 3D. It's got an almost uh-huh. Mega Man Legend style, which it's like the mm-hmm. it, like the blockiness looks intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is is the main character is is that a two D sprite or is that an actual three D object? It's a know? sprite. It's it's that Donkey Kong Country thing where they must uh, have yeah. made a render and then made sprites out of the render. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it and that's that's another thing is I feel like that that was actually a pretty popular style on the Saturn like the two yeah. D graphics, but it's but it's sprites made out of three D renders, and I think this is one of the few cases where it actually looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. It, it to its credit, it animates really well. Um, you are you are playing as a giant robot that turns into a jet, which is pretty fucking rad. Uh, <laughs> and you're yeah. fighting a lot of 3D things. It makes me wonder why this wasn't brought over here, like as a Robotech game, you know? Because it's like straight up, like it even uses mm. terminology like an SDF fighter. I'm like, that's from Macross, isn't it? Like. Well, I think yeah, that's because it's all fortress. it's all loosely it's all loosely based on the actual self defense force. Ah, uh, um, uh, okay, that's. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, because it's so easy to get into, it's just like a pretty simple action game. It does seem like it would have been a relatively easy sell. Um, you could have hit at least the Panzer Dragoon crowd, yeah. <laughs> but I think oh, it was sure. just too late. But I, I do like the, the, the navigators who are like, you know, these, these women that they're, they're just like standing around. You kind of have to know where to look for them in each stage. And then you meet them and then they'll ride along with you in a little, you know, newscaster breakout window and comment on the action. On the stream of them too. <laughs> Uh, he's only de- he's only just dodged the vaccination. <laughs> he's crashed into a pile of discarded Arizona votes. It's crazy. This is this is where I, I need to ask a, a translation question for Greg because mm-hmm. that system is known as the MIS system. It's mm-hmm. it's where you find the women navigators, the manageable intelligence support system. 
That's an amazing acronym for English, a language this game wasn't released in. So in the Japanese version, do they have an acronym? Do they use ours? That's No, that's... Um, whatever you've read about this game was probably... It only came out in Japan. That's Jap- that's the Japanese version. They 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 like to do that in Japan. They'll come up with English phrases using sort of whatever English people on the staff know. You know, everyone studies English through high school, so um, everyone knows a little. Um, that's actually some. So to get to get to the thing that we've sort of been dancing around for a while, um, I've been working on this fan translation project for this game. Uh, and um, that's the kind of question I've had to ponder because this is not this is unofficial. This project, mm-hmm. uh, and so I feel like you have to be very careful with where you take creative license and stuff like that. Is the kind of thing where I think if this were an official project, they would probably change what change the, the acronym stands for. <laughs> um, and there's other like proper nouns in the game that are kind of awkward. Like the the mech that you pilot is called the Guard Duel. It's a combination guard and duel. The duel because you can transform between a ship and a walking robot. Oh, not oh, like I'm gotcha. gonna, not like I'm gonna shoot Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Right, guard, a guard duel combination garden tool. Uh, yeah, well, you couldn't call it, you couldn't have called it a dual guard. Otherwise, like Bick would have sued you. Or yeah, I was gonna like, say that's, like that's, that actually oh. crossed my mind. Like, it's, so, I, it sounds so like a razor. I, <laughs> yeah, I am, it does sound like a razor. I am desperately curious, and I apologize if I'm jumping the gun. You are doing voices for this, yeah? You're you're yeah. going to try and redub it. Yeah, well, you know, be, being a Saturn fan for so long, um, and being a Bulk Slash fan for so long, I always mm. thought if I was going to do a fan translation, um, this would be a good candidate because there's not a lot of text um, and there's not that much dialogue, so I figured it would be an easy, like, get-your-feet-wet project. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like, w- once I st- like the project started, it kind of took off very suddenly and very quickly. And then I was like, oh, man, we're really doing this. And then I realized that this game, like, if you're going to bother to translate it, you have to translate all of the in-game VO, because, like, the crux of the gameplay is that you have these navigators that give you real-time responses to what's happening in the game. Right, and you're building relationships. And you're building with relationships, with yeah, exactly. And you level <laughs> up your affinity with them, and then their dialogue changes. Uh, and I was like, "Well, you can't really. We don't know how to subtitle that in game. And even if you could, it would, like Matt was saying Lots earlier about Radiant Silvergun, full speed. you can't pay attention to the subtitles mm-hmm. while you're doing all this fancy flying around. Right. Uh, so we realized we're probably going to have to do a dub, um, and that's not a very common thing to take on in these fan translations well it's because um, i'm subs not dubs bro yeah. but that's yeah. what I, <laughs> but, but what i'm driving at is i'm very curious to know how you're going to handle this character karen steiner please, so, please allow me to translate this is karen steiner um your ship has a 75% chance on a normal day. I don't think you need to translate because uh, I think Michael's point was she was speaking English. Yeah, just saying, right? what the <laughs> hell? I wanted to do oh a Scott Steiner reference and you ruined it. <laughs> no, there's nothing harder to understand, again, having played a lot of Yakuza games, than Japanese people trying to speak English in those or, games. It sounds or, more foreign than when they talk Japanese. You're like, wait, Or what? trying to swear in English. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I'm curious, like, well, how do you, like, the, the whole point is that she's swearing in a foreign language. How do you approach that when you're dubbing it into said foreign language? 
Well, it's. I'm glad you asked because this has been one of the more interesting challenges <laughs> of this project. It's her. So it's Cologne Steiner, um, and oh, the reason okay. her name is Cologne uh, is because all of the navigators' names follow this template of foreign currency for the first name, pro wrestler for the last name. So the Steiner you're thinking of. <laughs> Is the Steiner they're referring to? So my Scott Steiner reference was ahead of this conversation. Shut up. That's right. This, oh. Is one of her moves the Steiner recliner? Does oh. she do something cool like that? Please. You got twenty-five cents on a normal day. Mm. The Frankensteiner. It's, it's, it's funny because I, I know so little about wrestling, um, and I was like trying. I was racking my brain trying to figure out what the names were all about. I was like, is it like a personality oh trait? Because there's one whose last name is Look Hunt. at this. And there's Rhodes, one Hart, Flair, Savage, Rude, and Steiner. How did I not see <laughs> I, this? I'm I totally right missed that. Yeah, wow. yeah. And there's a Diviase or what? A Diviase. <laughs> yeah. I did yeah, notice a yeah. Diviase, and I thought that Dude, was a little strange. But I actually, didn't really Matt, dwell we had on a it. we had an interaction on Twitter about this because uh, do you remember I tweeted something about how devious the the with the way they write the word devious in Japanese as a homonym for the word de beers, and I was like, mm, that's interesting. Like the Diamond Company is devious. And you were like, maybe they met so-and-so Diviase from wrestling. Ted Diviase, the million-dollar man. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what they meant. I mean, if, like if you didn't listen to that, that Laser Time episode we did about um, songs that were ripped off, video games ripped off, at least five of them were Japanese songs that were rip-offs of wrestling themes because wrestling themes were that big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is really big, and it's completely off my radar for some reason, but um, that's exactly what's going on. Anyway, so Cologne Steiner, um, she speaks, like, messed up English in the game, mm-hmm. uh, and so my first thought was, what if we just didn't translate her at all, and that's yeah. just, mm-hmm. like, it, it's just the same thing. Hmm. Um, but then I, but then I realized, well, she says all or the important. Or you let me do it, and then I get canceled, like I've always wanted, <laughs> and I don't have to work in this business anymore. Let's put that in the maybe pile. I've heard that yeah. so much from Greg. You have no idea. I was going to say, like, what if you have her speak like <laughs> fucked up Japanese, like with that Texan accent that every. Uh, character trying to speak in a foreign language oh, yeah. me. they're from america yeah <laughs> well we realized that if, we, if we just left it as is you know she says all the important stuff in japanese and i was like eh, i don't think we can quite get away with it mm. you know it would have been funny because it, like it always gets a laugh out of me when she's like mom and us yeah <laughs> like when you're playing but uh like i didn't think that would fly so then my next idea was Okay, well, I think what they're going for is that she's, like, nebulously international, you know? Like, mm-hmm. she she has, like, sort of this mystery background where she grew up in some kind of international community or something. Uh, and so I was like, what's our version of that? Because in Japan, they just think all foreigners speak English. Right. Um, so It's yes, not and, entirely untrue. Which is not entirely untrue. It's um, not very different from Americans. But I was like, <laughs> we also but assume that. I'm talking slower. Where is the bank? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, but we don't like. We can't just have her speak English because all the characters are going to do that. Uh, so, but then what happened was um, one of the guys on our core team for this project is in Germany, and um, 
uh, he had suggested uh, asking some of his friends uh, if they would be interested in voicing the role, and I was like, "That's interesting. Maybe we could mix in some German." And then I was like, "But we don't. But we don't want her to just be German. That's not quite the same thing." Um, but then I was like looking at her name, and I was like, "Okay, so her first name is Cologne, which com- it's named after the currency of uh, Colombia." Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, and then her last name is Steiner, which is German. So I was like, what if she spoke like a, like this sort of weird hodgepodge of like German and kind of bad English and kind of bad Spanish. And so you just got this idea that she's, she's like been around, but like the original version of the character, she's, she's like not that fluent, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. she can just like shout words. So we're going, that's what we're going with. And it might be controversial, but who cares? (laughs) It's bulk slash, baby. Bulk slash was built on controversy. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> the the ever controversial Hudson Soft. You know them. <laughs> and and this was one like I had never heard of this before. You told me about it, Greg. And and like watching it in action, it's like at at first it's like oh this looks kind of weird. And then like the more I watch it, it's just like this is actually fucking amazing. I really want to play this now. It's really so. fun, and it, it's just got a. It's like one of those action games that has a lot of interesting ideas. It always reminds me of Ranger X. Do you guys know that game on the Genesis? It was. So, it's another it's Ranger Rick game. It's it's a side-scrolling mech game, but it's a, it's the same kind of thing where you can transform between like a, a flying mech uh, and uh, and a motorcycle, and hey, you got all. Did these I play that weapons. with you on a stream? I don't know. If we, I I just streamed it the other day, actually, but. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It comes up sometimes, but anyway, it's like it's like that where you, you've got this very cool ship that can do all these things, and you can transform on the fly at the push of a button, and like you know modify your speed in mid-flight, and you've got like a charge attack, and you've got a beam sword, and all this stuff, and then you can you can ping your navigator on the fly, and they'll actually give you dynamic directions to your next target based on your location in the 3D world, which uh, Burning Rangers also did. But at the time, I feel like that was, like, kind of sophisticated. Yeah. 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 I forget who. It might have been you or it might have been some review I was reading of it that it described it as a cross between Virtual On and Burning Rangers in terms of... Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good good assessment. That's pretty true. But yeah. This looks really cool. So it's coming. Uh, Actually, uh, if now is an okay time to plug... Please. um, we've We've got our first big reveal of the translation and action uh i guess the day that this podcast drops friday nice um 3 30 p.m oh geez i should have looked it up before but um <laughs> it's on the sega saturn shiro s-h-i-r-o channel on youtube okay. they're like mm-hmm. one of the more prominent sega saturn streamer channels out there um and uh we've we're sending them a build which contains one fully translated navigator and full translated text. Uh, so they, they'll basically be able to play through the entire game in English. And uh, they stick with that that'll navigator. be the first time we're really showing the game, like what we've been doing publicly. So tune in for that if you can. Um, and after that, that we're sort of treating that as an embargo, so after that I'll be streaming it myself on the Lacquerware channel on Twitch. So, um, cool. look out for that today. Wow. And no one from the original project is around, right? Like, the, the devs, I've never even heard so, of this dead CA production, like... 
Yeah, it's like or, almost everything they ever released was just Japanese, right? Yeah, although I think what what happened was they went on to basically become like the go-to guys for Mario Party games. And I don't oh. know what exactly their role is in Mario Party, but they seem to have worked on like most of them. So I think that's Ooh. what they've been doing yeah. lately. So <laughs> thank you. We kind of let you hijack the end of the top five. That's <laughs> all right. You, you you let us. You, you helped the most. Yeah, this is coming the most... up with it journalistically compromised Michael has ever been for something that Greg was <laughs> right? not paid for. and uh, <laughs> There should be a Patreon tier. You can buy the top five. There you go. Yeah. Jeez. Man. That nobody's making any money off of. And I mean, this just... is, to be sure, this is at least my favorite Sat- Japan-only Saturn game. Absolutely. Really? Um, yeah, I think if you're an action fan, words. that maybe you may find that to be the case for you as well. I've watched uh, playthroughs at least four times since you told me about this. I can't wait, man. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Oh, very much yeah. like Did you hear that, Wolverine? Fuck you, X Men versus Strike <laughs> Fighter. Street Fighter. <laughs> can play better games than you anytime, uh, or better versions. But yeah. I can I can meme that shit all day, but I'll never be able to understand it. That's true. Uh, it's a wonderful thing you guys are doing. It really is. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the yeah. uh, the finished product, and I will totally slash watch that uh, Sega's Saturn, Saturn Shiro, you said? Yeah. All right. Good Let's so, see IGN's uh, editorial department when, fall Greg? apart over this game. Mm. Um, so you guys are moving on to Mother 3 next, right, Greg? That's what yep. I'm hearing here. Well, that's been done. Already a, yeah, it's been done. <laughs> Just oh, my no God. official release. But you can uh, play it, you know. Sure. Well, well Greg's going to dub it. See, he's going to go oh. one day. He's going to take the dubbing thing from Bolvio. <laughs> it's going to be like I, the uh, the Zelda BS or whatever, the, the satellite on the, thing. On that, <laughs> on that tip, I always love it. Like, translate Mother 3. I'm like, if you cared, you'd be fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't really care. Real, like, real quick, I want to amend the uh, time I said of that stream. Oh, okay. It's, uh, I don't know I don't know if I said the right time zone before. It's going to be... 420! That's twelve thirty uh, <laughs> Pacific to okay two thirty Pacific. Okay, cool. Mm. Okay, three thirty to five thirty. It Eastern, repeats at six and yep. nine a.m. <laughs> That's not a real plug. Just a poor excuse to mention a bad sex position and got no laughs. It wasn't worth it. Hopefully, it's edited out. I think that does it for our top five. So we're gonna take a little break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about some more very recent games. Uh, some news and some other stuff, so stay tuned. <laughs> Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 302010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 3020 and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. I think we're all vaxxed, right? Mm-hmm. I, I got, like, my sister came in my house. Gross. Grow up! <laughs> she walked She walked in my house, and, like, that's the first time that's happened in over a year. But, yeah, like, uh, having been around my family with no mask inside, like, that's the first time any of that shit's happened in a year. 
and 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 I was talking to someone about it. Oh yeah, like I'm looking at some of my friends, like yeah, they're just doing stuff again, and I still I still don't know how to do that yet. I wonder if there's a part of me that kind of enjoyed all the indoor time and the video game time. I just I haven't pushed myself to go out and be social yet. Have any of you? No, or I think absolutely not. You guys are. Well, I'm, I'm still a few days before my my antibody. time is up, mm-hmm. but uh, you know my my two weeks. But I, I, I'm I'm a little bit nervous about it because like I've I've lived like a fucking hermit for the past year and a half, so it's it's a little strange to like oh now I can go out and do things, but who will who will I see? What do I yeah. want to do? That's, that's where I'm uh, at. I was like, oddly, I, I can. The thing I'm most excited for is to go to Target, which I haven't done. Since oh, I've been going to Target, Target this entire time. Yeah, <laughs> I I got a haircut like I, right like mm. the day that I hit my two weeks after the second shot. I'm like, okay, it's time. It's been like eight months or something. But other than that, it's cutting your hair on your own, like Michael. No, no, my hair was yeah. just growing out. It's yeah, it, it is weird to think like, well, I don't need a haircut now, but when I do need one, I'll be able to have someone else do it for the first time in a year. Yeah. You you have been cutting your own hair got a pair of clippers it's it surprisingly look... easy to give yourself a crew cut uh bullshit not with this fucking god sneeze pubes on my forehead kind of shit like i cannot <laughs> just throw clippers into this mess uh you just give yourself like a little crew cut and it looks like a professional bit i hate oh, I'm very jealous you. of your hair always have <laughs> so in addition to weekly bonus shows over 100 movie commentaries exclusive specials you can get the 30 2010 video games edition celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash laser time in exchange for just five bucks and you'll support all of the laser time shows including video game apocalypse right guys and welcome back to our final segment where we're just gonna you know i'm gonna hit the button oh boy knockout city is a game for people who like to throw balls around in multiplayer only environments it's a multiplayer dodgeball game it sounds fun i enjoyed it it's a lot Mm -hmm. of fun it's uh, fine. It's free for a little while. If you have, I think, EA Play, or is it free to everybody? So it's... It's it, free to everybody, that I That feels like false advertising. It's a free trial that right. will expire, and you're going to have to buy it eventually. Right. But it's a long trial. It's like 10 days or something, mm. so... Yeah, yeah they, they made it seem like free game, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, get in early, get it free. And it's like, no, you don't get to keep I it. know. I usually do that with shooters, but I looked at this and like, it's going to take me forever to get good at this. And <laughs> I have two hours to play a game right now. You know, you guys know we, we've all talked about this. I don't normally play this type of game. I, I, it's safe to say Chris and Michael aren't huge into these types of games. Mm-hmm. Um no, I I I, I dodgeball is like my favorite sport. I'm in. I like. Oh, no, it. I mean I mean multiplayer games. I, I mean I mean online multiplayer games that are kind of quasi shooters. But if I was <laughs> to play one of those, it would be like this style of game or or like Splatoon. Like I like this alternate take on a multiplayer shooter because it's not just guns. It's a dodgeball yeah. where you're curving balls at each other and yeah. stuff. And, and you have a couple of simple emotes. You don't need to to, to chat. Um, but, but I, I like, like I, I played a few games. I got pretty good at the, the throwing and hitting dudes part. I'm less good at the, uh, knowing when, like timing the button press to catch the ball when someone throws it at you. That's exactly when I was like, I'm not downloading this. I don't, I I will never get this mechanic. It's going to be a hair trigger kind of thing. I I get it like maybe, uh, 50% of the time, but Mm -hmm. that is more than enough to like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the match or not, not out of the match, but like 
I, I got killed, and that's going to count against my team score. And uh, mm. but here's the thing: like the the window, the window for catching it's pretty generous. It's pretty wide. You just get a good rating. It's for perfect catching it. That's the one. It's like yeah, you really got to nail that timing, which is like when you well, hit the button right it's before. Also trying to predict when a human player is going to throw it at you. Yeah. And like even you can you can see them, but then you have to be ready to to see it, you know, rocketing toward you, and then you have to hit it like right in the nick of time. Yeah, and there's also a pump fake move they can do to to make you guard, and then they'll throw it at you. Yeah. And, and like there's some really cool like complex systems in this game. If you explore, like you can make the ball go faster by not only like charging it in your hand, but like. If you pass it to a teammate, that gives it some insta charge. They like, there's other things like if they're holding a ball, it'll bounce back to you insta charge, or you can like, I think you can ramp it up to like level eight or something, and it's really fast at that point when it comes you, at you. You play it's it like, like okay. Bo Bridges in the movie The Wizard and just lean into everything you do. It'll be that much harder. <laughs> Gameplay, love this alternate dodgeball style. Like their style was well, it's it's like that sort of new Xbox avatars Fortnite style where everybody looks. Little like I, I think of it as like a cupie doll. I know it's not that, but but it's it's a very like stylized, youthful thing. Like or not like a cupie doll, like a bratz doll. It's it, right, yeah, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. They they have these really warped facial like expressions, but also just like there's something about the environments and the character design that like felt very like game of like ten years ago to me, but mm. like. Gameplay, not so much. It's just the look. It's, it's, I think it's intentional. It's like this, um, it's like if, if people said, no, this is what Jet Set Radio should have evolved into. Like, go full 3D, forget about the cell shading, and it's like this outrageous style. Like, uh, that, I, that logo, that logo really does conjure a Jet Set y. It, um, it just, the art style didn't do it for me, but gameplay wise, I, it, I was having a blast. I, I like you know? the, uh, the hang glider that you can just randomly deploy at any time. And, and yeah, like a lot of the levels are like rooftops. So it's sort of essential to getting around. It's Shadowrun, baby. You just mm-hmm. deploy that, that yeah, hang glider. Made me think of Shadowrun immediately. <laughs> and then, like levels have hazards like, oh, if you see like holographic train tracks being laid down, that's a good sign to stay away from that area because a train is about it, to come. It's going to, or you can, you can, dodge and knock your yeah. enemy in front of and, a train and yeah somebody did that to me it's like i thought i had to be pegged with a ball but no somebody just like punched me like a couple times and sent me f- bouncing off the train i got like, really ah. good not at, at hitting people but instead of worrying about catching the ball i got really good at just dodging at the right moment and i was constantly deflecting the balls away from me it's like mm. no bink 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 and it makes this like nice satisfying sound when you do that uh-huh. tell yeah, me more to about me it was just like balls <laughs> as if uh, I need to tell you anything a pagoda that's that's there all I can go. think of and uh, but I, like I love when when we write the history in this and, like EA Splatoon that is this yeah. is that's what yes. this is pretty yes. much EA yeah, it Splatoon is. yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly I, but, it, it but it's it's fun it, and it, for the next few days at least it's free to get and then even yeah. it, when you commit it's like 20 bucks total and you, mm. and you get some currency and not skins a bad, with not it, a bad so. deal not a bad yeah. deal i meant i meant to get it but i was literally messing around with other stuff and it, I, I i didn't want to clear the hard drive space it's it, on it everything really and cool then the me. other thing i think if you're an ea play member which i get as part of uh game pass ultimate i think it will remain free on ea play so mm. you, you get access to oh, that's it cool. Um, Biomutant. And I know Biomutant. Chris has been playing this. I've played it a bit. Has anyone else had a chance to to bite into this? No, I've been I've been Not waiting yet. to hear what you had to say because I'm so curious. What is this game? Same. I got the description. Were you? Did you ever play Banjo Kazooie and ask yourself, 
why isn't this Mass Effect? <laughs> and and, <laughs> and that's what this, this kind of it answers that question. Well, it's it's like by a, a very small team, like twenty people. I think a lot of them are former Just Cause developers, mm-hmm. and uh, so it it is like it's an open world kind of game. But yeah, it's it's got that weird thing where like. All the characters speak in like a made up language, but there is an English narrator who just tells it. Oh, he says blah 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 blah. He says blah yeah. blah blah. She said, "What's your fucking problem? Yeah. And why are you talking to me like this? You got my guy all wrong." She said. But what I heard <laughs> is that just makes cutscenes take a lot longer because you're sitting there waiting for the narrator to translate, and you're like, just sometimes, yeah. Subtitle it. There is a lot of that, but but like it's very easy to skip that stuff, especially like if you want to like get past the nuances of the humor and there's there's some really devastatingly funny things in the first couple hours mm-hmm. of this game there really are like did you get to travel back in time and see your wheelchair mentor yes who, who is just a 1950s greaser with sunglasses who, who speaks in like <laughs> 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 he talks like, like he's, elvis he's like an elvis impersonator yeah it's like why is this this is a like a post post-apocalyptic game where mutant yes. animals have taken over for humanity and have to deal with cleaning up all our shit. Yeah, humanity has been dead for a long time, and then after humanity has been dead for a long time, animals evolve. Um, this this is one of the most original IPs I've ever played, hmm. and one of the most ambitious things I've ever played, and one of the most... Uh, what's a good way to put that? Uh, it's very dense, but in good ways. Um, yeah, I'd heard there's a lot of systems to explore. Yeah, there's a lot of systems. tutorials. You, I'd say don't worry about them, but like even I'm worried about like this one thing I thought I learned about, I can't do. It's not, I, I can't recreate it very well, but it's like, you know, and I'm here we're talking about like their parry system. But from the beginning of its character creation, when you move your shit around, you are defining the look of your character based on like how fast you are. That'll change the build of your shoulders. I, I love also that like you you can pick from different mutant species at the beginning, and like the the one with the highest starting intellect is also like the one with the tiniest doofiest head. Yep. <laughs> like I I look like a, a lemur with a huge overbite. What the fuck is this? It, I, I play this game for hours, and I'm still not really sure. Um, I've seen, I think, uh, intellect, um, you get, you get more moves on, on some of the more pipe-like yeah, puzzles. Yeah. But, but, but other than that, I, I can't really see a lot of them in motion. There's a shitload of crafting. There's a shitload of customization. It is, but I, I think dense in the right ways is like what I would like to call it because, you know, if you, if you're a little kid, you're going to play this over and over and over again. But like, and then like, and then it sends you off in the world and like, make an alliance, like figure out, which one of these tribes and they're both very different tribes yeah the most one's the most violent tribe in the world and one is a peaceful tribe who just wants to align themselves with you but they both offer you different things and it's legitimately hard to figure out and will clearly have repercussions throughout the rest of the game yeah well i just like it it it, uh for whatever reason like my my starting aura was kind of dark and Mm -hmm. then it was just like oh well this this guy who's uh, spent the last twenty years tending the world tree thinks you'd like to join the Jackney. It's like, well, what's their deal? They want to destroy the world tree and uh, let the monsters win, and uh, they're also basically fascists. Like, and you think I'd like to join them? That's great. Perfect. They're not bad. They they want the world to be destroyed and build something better. Uh, in they the also want to eliminate the it's, weak. 
it's <laughs> weren't you also a fascist cop in Disco Elysium, Michael? I think it might be the way you. Play I was these a games. communist cop. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I, lo- I love the the light and dark side sequences because you have like instead of like Mass Effect, where like ah, oh, well, that was pretty renegade of you, bro. We're gonna put one point into that. Like, no, the devil and angel you talk to in certain points beat each other up and mm-hmm. like ah, the light side won there. Yeah, <laughs> he kicked the shit of the dark angel. <laughs> And it just flies off. But that was a little weird. It's just like, uh, you know, oh, which side do you like? Oh, I like the dark side. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to fuck shit up. And like, uh, and then you can say, like, yeah, I'm I'm for this. Or like, I'm not really sure. It's like, yeah, I want to hear what the light side has to say. And then it's like, I just picked the I'm not really sure. And then the light side just shows up and kicks the dark side's it's ass. True. It's, like, it's true. Spoken like a true light side wanted to hear the other side out. Yeah, Bullshit. that's not really what I wanted right there. But okay. This, with the jokes and stuff, this sounds very British. Was this a British studio? Like, uh, for some reason in my mind, I just, when I saw the key art, I'm like, oh, this is an Eastern European I want to say Scandinavian, like, but... Okay. Uh, but the 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 voiceover, like the narrator, is very English. Okay. I I think it's one of the most ambitious new games I've ever new IPs I've ever played, and I I, I don't really know where I sit on it because like I, have you seen trailers for this game? Like eventually, like you can float and fly, and like I'm no I'm nowhere near that uh, in this game. But it's it's hasn't it's always entertaining. It's always it's way funnier than any game I've ever played. Uh, it is so much more interesting than like human space marine shoots aliens. Like you are literally discovering friends of your mother's and like, uh, maybe you don't want to kill these guys immediately. Some of these people work for your mom. Uh, <laughs> like, like stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, very meaningful choices in an ecosystem that I, I, I don't, I honestly can't tell you how it shakes out. Cause I imagine no one can without like 60 or 70 hours into this experience. Yeah. So to answer your question, Matt, it is uh, a Swedish developer mm, working okay. published by THQ Nordic also, but Experiment 101 is Swedish. Experiment 101, but like it's it's worth talking about it and it's worth playing because like it's it's a a fast combat heavy game with real morality decisions. Like, what um, do you actually do? Like, what's the typical? I don't. Loop, right? I don't play loop. I don't know yet because I have I have played for like maybe five to eight hours. And you flash back constantly to, to yeah. things that happened before you were. The, the tutorial I've read is very, very long, but it's but you're always doing something fun. The gameplay loop that so far is like it's an open world. You get quests, and there's like a lot of hack and slashy slash shooty combat. Um, okay. So yeah, a, a lot of it is just like wandering around. It's like oh, here's a group of bandit mutants, and you'll fight them. Or, but but yeah. ultimately, like you're supposed to go and fight these four like world eater monsters that all have names like Porky Puff. And when you ask yeah. like oh. Porky Puff, and it's like yeah, I, I want to give it a silly name to weaken it because <laughs> names <laughs> have power. It, I, I find it thoroughly entertaining, and even even if I played the whole thing and gave it a seven, I'd still think it's one of the most interesting games I've seen in years. Triple uh, A games, at least. Mm. It, it, it's really, really neat. And uh, if yeah, I think if you have any inkling towards it, don't hesitate because I would rather more games like this exist than bald space marine shooters. Because I feel like you know, bald space marine shooters are kind of, uh, or you know, mid two thousands sort of thing. Yeah, because because you haven't played any of the Call of Duties lately. That's <laughs> well, true. The Seeing what your fucking face looks like. Mm. Um, but th- this is thoroughly yeah, weird. Like a, a, a thorough. <laughs> A thoroughly uh, weird AAA game. I really like that. 
Is that, and I don't know where it's going. I, 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 um, I think it's more double A than triple A. But that a lot of sure. the criticisms I've seen are because it looks so beautiful. It's people are like <laughs> they're holding it to triple A standards, but it's a small team, so it really is more like double A territory mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, you know? yeah I, I, I would still. I, I rarely get to play games like this early, and I, I, I really would still recommend it because it, I have laughed out loud more than any game in the last five years. Cool. It's still really funny. Yeah. It's it's an enigma, man. Like, I've never, like, I've seen all the marketing. I'm like, I don't, I still don't know what the hell this game will be. And mm-hmm. yeah, and, and it seems reviews are kind of all over the place. Some people really like it, and then others are like, eh. It, it's tough to know because I'm, I, I, I saw um, there's a combat trailer out there, and I saw the other one auto playing on Facebook. Once again, letting me know that Facebook is listening to what I'm doing because I've never Googled this game in my whole life. Uh, but it's like there's all these abilities that I will eventually unlock that I, I just can't really understand yet. Where I can float around on a leaf and like shoot things from beneath me. Like right now, it's like it is. <laughs> it's like a, a Banjo Kazooie. I'm holding an epic Mickey figure and just did an episode of that for the Ultra 64 guys. Um, but it, it gets really weird. And weird is good. Weird mm-hmm. is better than a... I think a weird 7 is better than a, a, a good 9. Like, a, fuck a Call of Duty campaign. Give me a Definitely weird agree. 7. You're kind of selling me on this game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I am enjoying it so far. I haven't played as much as Chris, but uh, it's fun. It, it's, 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 it's never not been interesting. And I... And, you know what my tolerance is for cutscenes and story, and it's way higher here. Way higher. <laughs> Speaking my language. Mm. <laughs> what do you guys think of that title, though? Doesn't that title feel like it's selling it short? It well, I mean, seems it's, so it's it very generic. It does, but it, 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 the only thing it sets up is that, like, I know it's trying to push itself as a post-post-apocalyptic game, but, like, uh, humanity has already ruined the Earth, they have salted everything, and the animals are adjusting. And some of them have been accidentally altered by things lying around the environment. And when you see the character creation, just Google that. Like, uh, you can choose what you want your attributes to be. It'll change your appearance and it, to to be more freakish. Yep. Uh, if you want to be I, smarter or stronger. I honestly, think what I, what's off putting to me, in addition to the name, was just the cover art. Looks like Link's the Time Sweeper's long lost cousin. Like, yeah. think of like his version of Spike. He's like the Spike to to Blinks is Snoopy at that. He, point. he looks like Rocket Raccoon's uncle. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and and I I kept my character intentionally to look like the uh, cover character, but I also made him pink and yellow, which okay. he looks fucking sure. rad. <laughs> and, and like, it's still it's an incredibly unique game. It's just one of those things. Even though I'm like. Not a billion percent sure this is going to be a great game. Like, I'd rather attempt things like these than finish more boring, uh, caught gun shooters. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Buy a mutant. Whatever you think. Mass Effect meets Banjo Kazooie. That's my fucking <laughs> Speaking headline. Speaking of bald space marines. Mm. Yeah. Mass Effect. Uh, well, if you want a weird game also designed to make you laugh, uh, an airport for aliens currently run by dogs is uh out there on steam and it's it has a very game jam kind of feel it uh reminds me of jazz punk of all things and that it's like hmm. i hesitate to call it a walking simulator because you're also jumping around and, and using different items on different things but uh it is a non-violent adventure game where you're uh you are a <laughs> one of the last two humans to still exist and you are 
traveling to a series of airports that are run by dogs, and they're for <laughs> aliens because everything is in an alien language, and so like you have to find your gate, etc., by comparing the symbols on your boarding pass to the symbols on the signs. But you're also just going around talking to dogs, and they will say random funny things. A lot of them are in stores and will try to sell you things, but they don't have any concept of the value of money. So they'll just give you things for free, and you'll get achievements for weird shit. Like, there's one dog that's just, like, sitting in a, a store that's just like, well, what do you got here? It's like, orb, man. Like, What's orb? It's everything. Uh, if you, where, if you just, where are you traveling, sir? Like uh, Madrid? Yeah. Like I'm going to need to see your asshole. No, no. You, you do have boarding passes. They are not assholes. Oh, uh, damn it! Sorry. I'm just waiting, waiting for a rusty slugger cameo. You got dog yeah. merchants over here. Yeah, man. but on. but all, all the dogs. I think they're like a couple 3D dogs, maybe in the game, because I I think I saw one in a trailer. But uh, most of the dogs that you see are just like stock photos of dogs Shut that up. all look no. very cute. But they they are like just literally rectangles with photos of dogs. Yeah. And you go up and talk to them, and they'll say funny <laughs> things. And, uh, yeah, the, the dog is talking about the orb. If you say, like, yeah, I'll take the orb, it's like, great, and they'll give you an orb, and then an achievement pops up that just says, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you accepted the orb. <laughs> if, if this was a Sierra game back in the day, that would, like, yeah, eventually ruin the game, like, 14 mm -hmm. hours later. Probably. Maybe it does. I don't know. I didn't have yeah. the patience to play <laughs> past the second airport, which gets a lot bigger and. uh... <laughs> Like now, it's, it's called like Beach Haven or something. And it's like half this place is flooded. Uh, <laughs> it's bizarre, but it's it's a neat little game for fifteen dollars. It's it's worth exploring and kind of rewarding if you like jokes and humor and things. So uh, yeah, check that out if you are so inclined. Yeah, speaking of humor, jokes all day, man. If you love humor, you're gonna love Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne. HD remaster. I remember that game being pretty grim, except that it had featured Dante from Devil May Cry. That's yes. the joke, Michael. Oh, it's a grim, grim game, grim dark game. Mm -hmm. But it's supposed sure to be does. the best version of said grim dark Is it? game. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I played it on PS2. Didn't really understand it so much, but uh, I know it's beloved. So I just think it's phenomenal that they they actually renewed whatever partnership they had to get Dante yeah. in the game. Is he really still there? I was I was just going to yeah. say, there's no way that still exists. He's still there. Yeah. Oh. Can still put this game, looked, I mean, it's one of those games where the art direction was so strong that it looked uh, like it was doing something that the PS2 shouldn't be able to do. That's mm. what I remember of it. It's also one of those deals where I'm like, did they just do this to piss off Nintendo fans? Because, like, Nintendo fans have been, like, demanding Persona 5 on the Switch, and it's like, ah, we'll give you a Shin Megami Tensei game. That's sort they, of like They also Persona. have the sequel to Persona 5. Yeah, they have Strikers on Switch. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You get everything but Persona 5. Sorry. Sorry. I, I'm so, like, I've never played any of these games, but I get so lost trying to make sense of it. So there's Shin Megami Tensei. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's Persona. There's yeah. the... Digital Devil saga. saga. Yeah, isn't there something else too? Uh, there's that puzzle it? game. Um, the the thing where you're Tetris. like a lamb at night. That's supposed to take place in the in oh, the no. universe of Persona. Um, I think universe. it's like tangent. Catherine? Like, uh, Catherine. Yeah, it's Catherine. Catherine. Thing. Oh, that's it's like part of this too. Tangentially related to it. Um, 
I don't think it's gravy. directly related to it. Eventually, we'll realize if you grind them all together, um, you have a recipe for a 20% chance of a mass shooter. <laughs> well, it's like their one common denominator is demons, right? It's demon stuff. Yeah, well, it's this, not not just demon stuff, but kind of like this idea of like an exploration of the psyche and the mass right. subconscious. And so all the demons and things that you meet are just projections of that, at yeah. least in persona. Uh, I have no idea. I, I think it, it is a bit more literal in Shin Megami Tensei. Okay. You know, I never played Jack Bros on uh, Virtual Boy, so uh, that's that's a whole other slice of that universe. I don't want anything called Jack Bros coming at my face in Virtual Boy. <laughs> don't you, though? Whereas that's all I've searched for for the last six months. So beats their own, Maddie. Jack Bros, Jack Brothers, either yeah, way. No judgments. No judgments. <laughs> Uh, and then there's a couple of like kind of ports, right? Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, the PS5 version came out, and I think they're gearing up for the next big expansion for that thing. Um, and then Maneater got ported over to Switch. So if you haven't played Maneater, one of our favorite games of last year, uh, now's your chance, Switch owners. And I, I, th- I believe Steam. I thought I saw a PC Gamer review because it finally left Epic Game Store exclusivity. Ah, okay. I think, isn't it on Game Pass or coming to Game Pass also? I want Might to say be. yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I can't remember. I, like I, 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 I got it very early, and yeah, if you you know if you if you buy PS5 or Xbox uh, Series X, it automatically upgrades. It's one yep. of the first games to. It was one of the first games out of the box to do that. Yes, it is now on um, Game Pass. There you go. Woo. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And the, just in time for the summer. DLC is coming this summer. So yeah, just yeah, in time that's for right. Um, Alright, is that all the, the games we want to talk about? It's all the new releases, yeah. Let's move mm-hmm. along to... Normally, I don't make the uh, PlayStation Plus or Xbox Games with Gold thing like their own news item, unless there's something really off, and uh, this is the case. So the PlayStation Plus games for June have been announced, and they're kind of cool. I'm going to lead up to, I think, what is the coolest, biggest part of this. So um, Operation Tango is a PS5 only, like, you know how they've been doing this, where there's like two PS4 games and then one just for PS5 owners. It's a co-op adventure game that you have to play together because it's synchronous where you you reach from your different points of view you need to have that vantage point in order to solve puzzles together so mm-hmm. sounds like a unique concept um right i'm not spending 500 dollars on cookies and cream but keep going <laughs> <laughs> the other one this is really cool that it's coming star wars squadrons the uh the That's fighter weird. game is coming psvr compatible yeah and then the last one that is like just kind of big because it's it's actually a news item in and of itself. Um, so a few probably months ago at this point, we I think we were talking. I'm going to mention it on the show like they found an entire version of Virtua Fighter Five Showdown inside one of the Yakuza games. It's like it's like basically the game. I think it's in six. You can play the game in six, but it's like this kind of pared down version and you know people when they were digging through source code they're like well actually no the full source code of that game's in here they just kind of modify it mm-hmm. well this week uh it was announced that the team that makes the yakuza games the ryugagotoku team they are putting out an all-new version of virtua fighter 5 ultimate showdown 
that is going to run in the Dragon Engine that runs the Yakuza games. Ooh. So it's like all new engine, all new updates. The fighters look completely different, updated, better graphics than when this thing originally came out. Um, but it's apparently this one's like kind of designed for competition in esports. But this is the last free game. Like not only is it coming out, you're getting it for free if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber. So you guys ever mess around with this game and its earlier iterations? I mean, in no. Yakuza, I, I played around with mm. Virtua Fighter Five. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when it first came out, like in the 360 PS3 era. I've always wanted to get into Virtua Fighter, but it's so daunting. Because it's it's, it's, tough. it's weird High because it's so curve, down to earth yeah. compared to other fighters. Yeah. I think you know, for just... me, like it was Virtual Fighter Four that was the 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 cool entry point. Like that was the one where it clicked for me. And then five, I didn't find as compelling. Like it's still fun, but mm-hmm. four four was the one that hit it out of the park for me. That's a Heidi question. Mm-hmm. Gaming dot <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, you're gonna get it for free. The best version of Virtua Fighter Five, developed by the Yakuza team, uh, coming out, and you're getting it as part of PlayStation Plus. Sweet. We should start a Laser Time League for people interested, since everyone's gonna have access. Mm. There you Oof. go. There you go. Um, all right, I think Greg's got a team of one right now. <laughs> I've always wanted to play the game, you know, but I don't have a oh, I don't I have fighting game people in my midst. Uh, I'll play as Lion, which looks like Leon. Hmm. From <laughs> I always like I wanted to be the the Shaolin monk guy. He's so cool. He's so still. He's like actually he, my favorite to play as because he's a really good character if you like mashing buttons. Oh, very I'm nice. Very All three do. of them. Yeah, sure don't want to learn anything. Next piece of news item I put on here, and I know Chris is going to have a ton to say about it. It's tangentially related to video games. So Amazon purchased MGM for $9 billion. um, And with that purchase comes... uh, Yeah, Jeff Bezos found some extra change in his couch cushion. He's going to say. What's a day's work? (laughs) Really is his day, like what he makes in a day. By the way, yeah, yeah. Sure, oh, yeah, right. he, make, yeah. he makes quite a bit. But yeah, uh, now it's it's kind of confusing how the rights to James Bond are distributed. But MGM owns most of them, is my understanding. Mo- right? They, own, I think, they own James Bond outright. But uh, Ted Turner, in 1986, bought the library, which is owned by Warner. So. I thought that was crazy. Like, oh, they're just buying this for a library to put on Amazon Prime. Like, you lost. They lost everything, 1986, and backwards. So no Gone with the Wind, and no Buster Keaton, uh, no Marx Brothers. Uh, not that any of our listeners care about that. You <laughs> might have some Bill and Ted and some RoboCop in here. Well, the other thing though is is I like, so we're gonna get to the video game. Trust me, how it's related to video games soon, but. I guess they get the rights. So Epics was, was owned by MGM and Epics like has this, it's called a pay one deal where they would get, it's like kind of like basically they get first right of refusal to stream mm-hmm. Paramount movies. And mm-hmm. so theoretically Amazon Prime could get some of those movies through the Epics deal before like, even uh, Paramount Plus has them. So that's, that's another. Okay possible reason all i know is pluto tv is fucked and so is their (laughs) 007 channel they're they're really fucked but here's how i think it's related to video games is obviously amazon has several game studios even though they keep canceling projects like the studios exist like could they make video games based on this mgm library now like will we see james bond video games again at this point i think if, if if amazon has not completely shuttered that 
library or, or that, that, that resource that they had because they were very serious about that 10 years ago. They're all still there. They haven't, I haven't seen any news that like they closed the studio. I know they've just, they keep canceling these MMO projects, you know. But it's, it, one thing's for certain, they have not been working on these for a while. So mm-hmm. if, if you are looking forward to a James Bond game, you have at least like two to three years before yeah. a good one emerges, uh, let alone a decent one. Uh, so anything that comes out in less time than that is going to be terrible. Maybe we'll see a Silence of the Lambs game because that's one of the other things they own. <laughs> oh, goodness. Maybe a Solar Babies game. Who'd want to play that, right? Jason Patrick is back, baby. Well, at least we know someone now owns the Rocky games outright because those those rights were all over the place in games. Again, it's, ColecoVision it's, it's is still the best. Ted, Ted Turner bought the library for accidentally for Warner in 1986. I don't know how this shakes out. Like Most of the MGM movies reside at Warner and always will. Hmm. Yeah, um, so interesting acquisition, but yeah, my hope is that they use it for something video game related. But if not, that's okay. We got plenty of other game companies making cool shit that we love, such as Final Fantasy games. You know, last week we posed the question, how would you like a dark fairy tale like Souls-like? But what about a Souls-like Final Fantasy game? Would that interest any of you? Mm-hmm. I would be no. In that. no. What about a Souls-like Final Fantasy that was developed by Team Ninja, the team behind the Neo games. Oh my goodness! Hey. Yeah, you speak. Wait, this this is a thing. Yeah, this is a this is a thing. According to Fanbyte, Fanbyte uh, says this is going to be a big focus for probably the PlayStation press conference around E3, or or this. I'm sorry, the Square Enix press conference is that. So there w- there is a Souls like Final Fantasy RPG in the works at Koei Tecmo at Team Ninja. Uh, this the, a lot of the same folks who worked. Here's why I think it, it's probably real. They not only did they work on Neo, they worked on uh, Final Fantasy Dissidia NT, that fighting game for Square. So they they already have history working with the Square team, which bodes well for this. Um, wow. It's supposed to be a more accessible Souls like, uh, and the, the game. Here's right. what's really interesting: it's set in or adjacent to the world of the original Final Fantasy. Like Final Fantasy 1, way back from 1987. This is supposed to be based Swear on. to God, wow. I'm out. This sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Uh, the other news is, so it's 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 reportedly named Final Fantasy Origin. Of course, so the Origins, Final Fantasy 1. It's a PS5 console exclusive, and then uh, there will eventually be a PC release as well. So I... I'm interested. I like that Final Fantasy. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I like Souls Likes. I like Team Ninja. Fuck yes. Yeah. Count me in. I mean, they did such a good job with Metro yeah. Other M, so. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Disney Infinity, everyone's gonna love that gameplay style. Look, <laughs> Other M, I played it for the first time on Dolphin and had a freaking fabulous time through oh, and through. Right. I love every minute Greg. of that. Nice. Cool. Last bit, it's, I hate when this happens, but it does happen occasionally. So after we record, but before you listen to this, there's apparently a ton of news dropping across the board. It's like we're in that weird pre-E3 season where like people are like, fuck it, we're going to put our news out now to get ahead of E3. So Monster Hunter had an event. They already, that, that happened by the time we recorded this. They showed off like the new real ending to Rise, which is cool that that's coming. They showed off some of the, uh, I think it's Monster Hunter stories or whatever is that 
kind of thing coming next year. Yeah, an RPG and the Nintendo yeah. universe, but what it, Rise is one of my fa- is still one of my favorite games of the year. I yeah, so it. you're going to get a real ending to Rise that apparently involves like two Elder Dragons teaming up to fuck you, basically. So um, there was a Horizon Forbidden West event, uh, Sony State of Play that happened. Uh, Epic showed off Unreal Five in a showcase, and there's actually a downloadable tech demo. If you have a hundred free gigs to spare, you can download that through the Epic Game Store. If you have an awesome PC that can run it, you you could see Unreal Five in action. Dying Light Two uh, said they were doing some stuff later this week, and then Far Cry Six, right before we started recording, announced that they are showing gameplay very soon of Far Cry Six. So, wow. We can't comment on any of this except to say it happened. Hmm. Neat. And so did the news segment because that's all the news is fit to play. Well, let's move along to the community segment, uh, which is always a segmenting our community. As you might remember, last week's question of the week was what other classic children's character deserves a Souls-like or dark version? Because we saw the trailer for Lies of P, which... Obviously, very exciting. Um, Lies of P. I don't know, Greg. If if you wanted to see a Souls like based on a beloved children's tale, what would it be? Oh, first, I just want to say I was delighted by your rentals reference on the last episode. <laughs> I just did it again. <laughs> okay, child. Wait, child story character mm-hmm. made into a Souls like. I'm. Uh, you know, I haven't given this any thought. I'm going to say either Amelia Bedelia or the Boxcar Children. I love wow. it. I love it. Wow. <laughs> oh, as long as, long as squ- there are no follow-up questions. Hey, what if Boxcar Children was a squad-based shooter? Is Amelia Bedelia from your childhood, Greg? Like, wait a minute. I thought Greg she was, like, transcendent. I thought they just yeah, kept isn't she feeding. from everyone's childhood? Like, Curious yeah. George? This is where Matt reveals he's the oldest. <laughs> I Yeah. What, what, like, a week older than Michael? <laughs> You're, like, a decade older than Greg at this point. I just remember no. they asked Six her years. to draw the curtains, and she drew a picture of curtains. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kids will yeah, do that. Gotta, gotta turn taking things way too literally into a uh, gameplay hook. Yeah. So. We gotta make Leslie Nielsen movements into a game. <laughs> <laughs> On VigigamePocalypse.com, Five Nights at Freddy Prince Jr.'s says... <laughs> I don't know. How about a Dumbo game where he's avenging the murder of his mother on the circus and surrounding towns a la Maneater? There you go. Instead of mutating, he can learn new skills such as projectiles and summoning aid from animal allies. You progress the story by wiping out towns along the railroad route the circus normally takes until culminating in a boss fight against P.T. Barnum or some shit. I realize Dumbo isn't a fairy tale, but since Disney made the defining versions of most of those stories, it led my train, pun intended, of thought in that direction. Plus, ever since that scene of the mom rocking him in her trunk made young me break down into an inconsolable mess of tears, I've wanted him to get his revenge. Part 2 can be a Bambi-skinned Operation Wolf of him just dumping clip after clip into row upon row of unsuspecting hunters. Mm. I, I... Love that idea. I've never wanted to murder female elephants more. I felt, you know what? I felt like, um, the president's son when I, when I watched Dumbo. I want to murder those lady elephants, um, and then pose over them with my flannel like a real man would, you know? Yeah. yeah it makes me hungry those. for Jimmy John's. <laughs> you know, I, I do want to give a shout out. This year, my favorite thing that's ever happened is Brad Garrett as the spokesman for Jimmy John's. Shut up. Have what? you not seen that? 
He's playing Gosh. a mafiosa character named like Jimmy Bologna, who's against Jimmy John's and trying to destroy oh, them. Oh, I think I have it's, seen that. It's Jimmy wonderful. Bologna. It That's really ridiculous. is. And Jimmy John's is like the sixth greatest sandwich. <laughs> I'm not plugging them. I'm plugging Brad Garrett. Like he only have you not seen the advertisements? He only refers to them as Jimmy's John's. Jimmy's John's is dead to me. Jimmy John's A, there's not that many of them out here, and B, I've certainly never seen them have TV commercials. They had a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brock Lesnar was a walking Jimmy John's commercial for a long That's time. True. Like had their logo. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Every time you get to see him submitted, hey, I'm really starving for a bootlegger club. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, well, the question of the week. Um, uh, Lambert is dead, said, I saw the original Watership Down uh, more times than is uh, probably healthy um, for a growing young mind. And honestly, it would make a fine template for a state of decay. Oh, my gosh. On the British countryside. Wow. Okay. Uh, you could. <laughs> good Lord. It would, actually. It I want would. To see this uh, now. I know. You could start off with a small number of rabbits making a desperate attempt to outrun the human development about to destroy your original Warren, uh, setting up in a slightly less nightmarish area of Watership Town, only to have a continued struggle of building up your own home in a world where literally anything and everything kills you. And once those rabbits are gone, they're gone. Uh, dwindling numbers and territorial disputes... With despotic uh, competing Warrens, Warrens, right? Yeah, they're, they're not, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, are only broken up by the slightly less grueling task of running the day-to-day of managing of the management of your population. Deciding which of your females will become birthing machines ugh, to repopulate all those who you have sent up to die. And uh, which of your favorite characters will set up as part as a military cast which rigidly police the rest of the... <laughs> Maintain the hierarchical status quo and your fluffy version of pre-Thatcherite Britain. Uh, I think he means the <laughs> Ausla. Thank you. Uh, uh, continue. The book seemed a lot more like it was for kids. I recommend their follow-up, Plague Dogs. The dogs that are uh, have God, deadly diseases tested on them. I, I just bought that recently. Such a fucking depressing movie. My God. Plague Dogs. <laughs> Water... And I miss you, Watership Down Syndrome. That's one of the best names any 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 fan of our show has ever come up with. You know what? For for years, like I only caught snippets of the animated movie on HBO, and so for like I think I saw a bit of them on a raft. And so for years, I thought the title Watership Down was like these rabbits built a watership and it went down. Oh. I didn't realize, like, no, that's the name of a place. Yes. <laughs> they yeah. settle in toward the end of the book. Uh, it's, it's not a, a Jean A song. Ah, Watership Down. So it's not like Black Hawk Down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's exactly. That is totally like that. what I thought it was. No, it's yeah. a song about how you. Are you down to Watership, Greg? You don't know what it is. Get off of TikTok right now. Mm. Okay. Well, from Twitter, uh, Jackson Edwards says, I would love to see a dark version of Willy Wonka, specifically the Gene Wilder version. He was already kind of dark. You play as Charlie exploring the factory, but it's more deadly and everything looks freaky and dark. It would be a Metroidvania as well, where you need different items to progress. There is not a bad, uh, a not bad Wii game based on um, the Johnny Depp, Charlie, and the Chalk. It's it's the least bad. Ah. Because the the ones that are like uh, a 
we're trying to make a photorealistic version of this awful Tim Burton remake. Mm-hmm. Those are really bad. Wasn't it? Did High Voltage do that one? Like the, the conduit so. people? Yeah. Uh, well, on the official Laser Time community on Facebook, Robert Beach says, Muppets Party Cruise crossed with Dante's Inferno and Resident Evil. You play as Beaker in a series of mini games <laughs> against the seven deadly Muppets as Mr. Sweetums chases you around as you puzzle solve. Uh, the Seven Deadly Muppets, the nationalistic Sam the Eagle, Pride, the vengeful Miss Piggy, never. Wrath, <laughs> the predatory <laughs> music producer Dr. Teeth, Green, yeah, man, whatever you need, the scheming Scooter, and I, I sweep for money, the all-consuming animal, Gluttony, Golden Corral, Golden Corral, <laughs> uh, Bird in Every Hen House, Gonzo, Lust. I will fuck all your chickens. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, and the scathing Statler and Waldorf sloth. I don't care if I ever go legs. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I tried, Mickle. Yeah. For um. some reason, I thought he was going to go for like that that weird theme song. I, I was just thinking, like, and the others blue. One, I was thinking oh. of their 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 song in the weren't they of um, Jacob Marley's ghost in, Marley, in the Muppet Christmas Carol? Probably. Yes. I don't watch children's movies, Matt. I wouldn't. Know. <laughs> oh, man. No, well, watch, watch the Keegan Michael Christmas. Key SNL sketch where he it's beats fucking, the shit. That's in the like my favorite version of the Christmas Carol, dude. How dare you? <laughs> Actually, Scrooge is my favorite version. Yeah, of the Christmas Carol. those two are great. <laughs> Mickey's Christmas Carol, you're all Philistines, and I wish you were dead. I, I mean, Robert Beach, you really like you had this at the ready, like you had prefigured this out. Like, yeah, good on you. Got this. Yeah, that's a, a P and B guy. That's that. That's what they do. All right. Uh, well, we have a few video responses, starting with Mike Amari, who says, "Hey, VJ crew, Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was." If you could reimagine any children's story as a dark and brooding video game, uh, which would it be? It's interesting because if we think about children's stories, they tend to have that dark undertone already. Uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland adapted really well into American McGee's Alice because that story was already kind of insane underneath and had those kind of dark undertones. Uh, you can easily see something like a Willy Wonka's being made into something really dark and really scary, uh, more so than it already was. Uh, I'd like to take something that we don't traditionally think of that way, though, and put it into a gameplay system that really fits it. Uh, I would love to see the Peanuts gang, uh, hmm. you know, Charlie Brown and all of them, put into a Night in the Woods style, you know, dialogue driven <laughs> uh, adventure game. Uh, I would love to see Charlie Brown in his mid 20s now coming back to his hometown after completely striking out in college and, you know, not feeling like his life is going anywhere. Night in the Woods really kind of hit that ennui that you feel in, like, your early 20s uh, when you're not sure where your life is going and you're seeing, like, everyone who you grew up with kind of falling apart in some ways. And so to have Charlie Brown come back to his hometown and then, like, there's Schroeder who was, you know, should have been this classical musician is now is down on his luck guy scrounging for gigs. May or may not be addicted to multiple hard drugs. Um, You have Lucy who's trying to finish her psychology degree but because of her codependent relationship with schroeder is just kind of dragging her down um you have so many ways to go with this you know he comes back to find out that his beloved household pet was put down while he was away all of those things could be really really affecting and really fit in well with the charlie brown aesthetic 
Because listen, for as much as it's a kids thing, Charlie Brown was kind of the original sad sack character. Uh, no, uh, it was, sad it sack. Always a meditation on depression. But I'm saying he's one of those characters who we already have this kind of twinge of depression in there for a kids thing. Just go full ramp up with it and, and really like push forward with it. Well, thank you for listening to me this week, guys. I look forward to being with you again next week. I hate to chime in on our, our users, but I am going to go straight from this to watching um, Snoopy come home, which I, <laughs> which I just got today on Blu-ray. Nice. Uh, I, I love Charlie Brown so much, and 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 just that like um, there is no future for this. They're not writing new stories, so when the Apple thing is done, they're gonna go full Archie, like Snoopy versus Predator. Oh, and Punisher <laughs> and Snoopy zombies. That is going to happen to the Schultz organization, I assure you. I mean, you know, he, Schultz and Peanuts, like, they were always at the forefront of merchandising. So, uh, yep. yeah, no yeah, reason like not when, to go when, in that When direction. Greg and I were over in Japan, it's just like, you have outfits with the Snoopy cousins on them? No one knows the girl Snoopy or Olaf, the fat one. No. Um, I mean, I vaguely remember Olaf. He was it, in a lot there, of latter there's, there's day strips. There's plenty of streams of me with the the, the Spike. I, I'm wearing a Japanese double XL version of of Spike. Uh, I thought it was amazing. They loved all the Snoopy cousins, and they all come from the movies. Wow. Um, yeah, Snoopy. Snoopy has five movies, and <laughs> and most people only know about one. Yeah, learn about look up the song Failure Face. It's why I wrote that stupid fucking sound of metal sketch that no one listened to. <laughs> I remember Failure Face. Um, Well, we have a couple more video responses. One is from Red Rock 963. Hey, VGA. It's your buddy, Red Rock 963, with my buddy Murray and Alice over there answering the question of the week. What children's story would you like to see a dark take video game on? And since I am from Kansas, I'm going to say The Wizard of Oz. Hell yeah. Um, Mainly because the movie is nothing like the books, and I remember reading the books and thinking, "Wow, these are these are pretty dark for kids uh, kids books." Um, for example, like they the witch sends wolves and crows to capture Dorothy and her friends, and the Tin Woodsman ends up like decapitating all the wolves, and this scarecrow ends up like snapping the necks of all the crows. And there's huge <laughs> monsters in the book. Um, the reason why the Tin Woodsman is the way he is is because he kept accidentally cutting off his limbs and That's replacing right. them with metal limbs until he accidentally killed himself and then replaced himself with a metal body. Um, it was some pretty dark <laughs> shit in that book. And I want to say the only movie adaptation of the the Oz universe that really got it right was Return to Oz, Return which, Oz. you know, we, we've all seen that movie when we was a kid. We, we, we know how dark and scary that movie is, and I want a dark and scary Wizard of Oz. Yeah. There's so much they could pull from the books and just make it even darker and scarier, and I really haven't seen that many dark takes on that universe, so... That is my pick. I hope you guys have an awesome week, and I shall check you later. There is one JRPG out there that I I still have in the shrink wrap. Oh, yeah, there was also yeah, a yeah, Super yeah. Nintendo yeah. game, but I think that's there, that. But that's a literal ad- adaptation, like has the MGM license. Right. But the, the the JRPG for uh, DS, yeah, hmm. I think it's just DS. Uh, it is a weird adaptation of of. I liked it, but um, most people gave it like a six out of ten. But like. You have to. 
people who wanted to see the darkness of Oz adapted into a game, like it's here. It's, it's, yeah. it's grotesque. Need to bring back the stone heads vomiting guns and uh, talking about the evils of the penis and uh, Sean Connery in a slingshot bikini or whatever the hell. Yeah, I barely knew what Wizard of Oz was and I saw the play and like, there's a lot of like pedophile skeletons in this. Like the, the original musical and, and, and silent version are also really weird. Hmm. A uh, lot of, lot of, yeah, a lot of weird lecherous skeletons that you don't see in the MGM version. I feel like I should say I was referencing Zardoz, which got its title oh, from bad. Wizard of Oz. But uh, my bad. Yeah. Anyway, I've seen it, Zardoz. Yeah. <laughs> One more from E Hyundai, who says, "What is up, Chris, Michael, Matt, and whoever else is there?" That's you, the question Greg. of the week. I was talking hey. to a friend of mine who told me that he his eight year old niece's favorite game at the moment is Dead by Daylight. Really? Which I think it's great that kids are playing these games based off of classic slashers, but uh, they're not exactly family-friendly. I mean, the core mechanics there are like setting bear traps and hanging teenagers off of meat hooks. <laughs> so I was thinking, uh, make the same game, pretty much, but instead starring the monster cereals mascots, like Fuck you. Um, Count Chocula, <laughs> of course, yes. and Fruit Brute, yes, outstanding. and Booberry, and mm-hmm. Yummy Mummy. Yummy, mommy. I think that'd be fucking perfect. They could uh, try to like jump scare all the kids before they can pour themselves a bowl of cereal and have a complete breakfast or something. And you could even add like Tricks Rabbit and Lucky the Leprechaun as uh, DLC characters and fuck it, throw in Fred and Barney. I think that'd be great. I'd play the shit out of that. And uh, yeah, love you guys. Bye bye. I-, I was just looking at some art officially from General Mills about the monster cereals and, and it was just like who gave you the authority to elect Frankenberry as the head of this group? <laughs> we all we all know yeah, it's, it's Chocula. Count Chocula. It's, yeah, Count Chocula. It's, it's like it's not even a question. Like Frankenstein is the dumb guy who gets manipulated. He's the Jason <laughs> the J- Jason versus Freddy. Like Count Chocula is not only the first, but like he's the guy who manipulates all these fucking weirdos. Yeah, yeah. he's the muscle. I was so yeah. I was so mad, and it was like it's like it just like right when I got over, like I don't need to bitch about everything on the internet. Here I am now. Like, don't make Frankenberry the head of the group. No, absolutely. That's not, not. what. That's not how this works. Well, no. Speaking of Dead by Daylight, we missed a news story that Nemesis and uh, Leon and Claire are coming to. Uh, to saw Dead that. By Daylight. All right, uh, it's a new question of the week. Uh, do you have a legendary Japanese game that never made it over to your country? Was there something that you really wanted to see come out that never did and, and maybe proved elusive to you for a number of years? Um, yeah, I, I have one right off the bat. The Ranma One Half fighting games for Super Famicom. Shit. I was huge into that series when I was a teenager, and there was, uh, there was a series made, the first game... In that series, did not come well. It did come over here, but it uh, was transformed into something generic called Street Combat that nobody cares about or remembers. Uh, and then the second game came out, Ranma One Half Hard Battle, and it had weird box art, but was relatively successful. And like, oh, finally an uncensored Ranma game, and uh, it's fun and it's good. And then. Uh, there's a third one that was like, it was going to be localized as Ronald One Half Super Battle, and it got ads in EGM and everything, and I was all ready to buy it, and it looked so cool, and then it got canceled at the last minute. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, like, I, I remember seeing, um, 
Street Fighter and then more, maybe before Mortal Kombat, it was the Ranma fighting game. Mm-hmm. And like, this is going to be the next big thing. No one's going to talk about anything but Ranma one half. <laughs> and I had no knowledge of the anime, but it looks so fucking good. Mm. And it got the same floor space in my uh, arcade that Street Fighter got. Really? It- Ranma yeah, got yeah. floor spacing in yes. an arcade. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's the biggest thing I probably never said before. Like, yeah, it got that thing where like it's tilting out sideways and like fans out to move games to the side. Like the the Ranma fighting game, Post Street Fighter. Yeah, I thought that was because like, that's all we wanted to see. Like, what if we could fight with our favorite cartoon characters? We've never heard of this Ranma one half thing, hmm. but this is what we want to see hmm. games move towards and. Yeah, once again, like the Saturn we talked about, a dead branch of the evolution of gaming um, until DBZ worked. I am so shocked. I I would have thought almost all of us would have had RPGs, but I'm going to continue this trend. My answer is also a fighting game. So, And it's a game I never even played the original, which did come here. Toe Ball number two was this weird legendary fighting game that like, I remember, you know, at the time I was like working retail. So I'd read a lot of game magazines and stuff when like no one was in the shop and like the games press could not fucking shut up about no Toe Ball two is the greatest fighting 3d fighting game to ever be made. And you, you, you're going to love when you play it. And then it just never fucking came out here. And I'm like, what's the deal with Toe Ball two? Apparently the greatest fighter I can't get my hands on. Weird. Hmm. It's so weird. I can't even, like, even though Greg and I have done it, I cannot imagine marketing a game in one territory. Like, how am I supposed to stop myself? <laughs> yeah. From, like, from marketing this. I want other, I want the whole world excited about this. It's so weird to just, like, do that. It just seems nuts. It's, it's, now. it's weird when they're, like, games that are getting, like, nines and tens overseas that don't come here. Like, those are the ones yeah. that are like, why? Like, yeah, like, hmm. get another publisher if you don't care. Like, yeah. um, why yeah. would you do this? Yeah, and I, and I, I've since realized, like I remember, like with the Ranma stuff, especially at the time, uh, like being so upset that it was being changed. And it's like nobody, like, and, and each an explanation in EGM was like, well, you know, you have to consider, you know, when they're bringing it over here, like, are people going to want to play as these characters? Do people know these characters? Like, no, not really. So, like, let's just bring the game over, but change the characters into something people like. It's like, but nobody knows or likes these characters either, and no, <laughs> right. everyone hates them. Yeah. Yeah, it was still it was still the coolest thing I'd ever fucking seen, the Ron yeah. one half fighting game. And then I realized, like years after the fact, oh, they changed it because they would have had to pay a licensing yeah, fee. They, they yeah, own it if they changed the character. Like, yeah. why would we pay extra for characters that people don't know when we can have the game and change the characters and sure. own those characters? That makes sense. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer. Yeah, still a bummer. You're right. Mm-hmm. Greg, you haven't gone. Oh, gee, I mean, the Saturn library is just full of that kind of thing. I mean, Bulk Slash was kind of top of my list, which is why I'm doing this project. Um, yeah, can I go with Bulk Slash? Yeah, go sure. with Bulk Slash. Plug Bulk it again. Slash. Where can people see Bulk Slash? It's, it's, it, uh, new trailers airing next week on the, uh, Saturn Greg channel. I wasn't Sega listening to Saturn earlier. Shiro. Shiro. Today, if you're listening to this, the day it, the podcast comes out, Friday. On Sega Saturn Zero, it's a live stream, and then once that's out, I'm gonna stream it on my channel on Lacquerware, and then who knows? I saw a little tease on Twitter. I saw one tiny voice clip that I think one of your collaborators did. Yeah, we had, we had a little teaser out there. Can I come on Lacquerware and stream it with you? 
You want to call in? Yeah, that would, I'm gonna. Dude, I, yeah, if you want to call in, that, that would that would be exciting for me. I'd love to do that. <laughs> Let's uh, talk. It's a Friday. I'm avoiding a lot of things. <laughs> that that title, Sega Saturn Shiro, is is that a reference to Segata Sanshiro? The Sega yeah. Saturn Shiro. Yeah, if, uh, I don't know if people really are that familiar with that, but that was this big ad campaign for the Saturn in Japan. This, I wrote this, a whole uh, article about it did. on lacetimepodcast.com. You can look yeah. it up. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. But se- 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 this, shiro, shiro means do, is the command form of do. Huh. Or pl- in this case, play. They're saying play Sega Saturn. They're commanding oh, you yeah. play. And the name Segata Sanshiro is a play on that, and I think it's also a reference to some actual yeah, Karate like or something. It's a series that, of movies that Kurosawa did about, like, a judoka. Yeah, so... Basically Ryu from Street Fighter. It's a, it's wordplay, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Sega Satan Shiro just means play Sega Saturn. Huh. Learn something new every day. Well, I love talking to Gregory. He yeah. always gives me some weird, a weird uh, Japanese game insight. You should follow Lacquerware. I'm not kidding. Like it's it's one of the most fun channels to watch. All right, we'll come back to this in a second for more plugs. In the meantime, uh, what is your legendary white whale of a Japanese game that never came to the U.S. but you always wanted it to? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com and answer into the comments for episode 421. Alternately. Uh, you can visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook and answer there, or just ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse and we collect the best answers to read on next week's show. But that has been our show. Uh, once again, circle back to plugs. Greg, is there anything else? Or do you want to continue on this? Uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, check me out on Twitch at Lacquerware, L-A-C-Q-U-E-R-W-A-R-E. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Lacquer Leaks. Couldn't get Lacquerware. <laughs> mm. uh, Goddamn Jack Dorsey. Elon Musk took that <laughs> And yeah, look out for our bulk slash uh, reveals in the coming weeks, including so one today. If I didn't know what that game was, that sounds so much dirtier. <laughs> look out for our bulk slash reveal, baby. <laughs> it, really, it really does sound like a command line. Reveal like, my more bulk. Than a game. <laughs> bulk slash <laughs> reveal. <laughs> We've got tons of slash fix. Price to move. Buy them in bulk. You like Garugamesh? We release it in bulk. Bulk slash Lugaru. Look out for my snuff bulge. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds horrible. I don't know. It just sounds like that. <laughs> sounds dirty. It sounds wrong. Oh, uh, Patreon.com slash laser time. New, new in-betweener for Sega Star Wars. Got new uh, thirty twenty ten games of the Video Game Apocalypse boys. Um, new Laser Times. Um, it's sorry it's taken a while, but like the worst time in my life I've ever had. Um, you're lucky I'm even here. Uh, but but yeah. Well, if I'm if I'm lucky, abound. I'll get you again on this upcoming Monday because yeah. uh, I'm being joined by Sammy and I think Chris. I'm definitely avoiding things. Now's the time. It's a very special Memorial Day stream of a movie that was mentioned on 302010 weeks ago, Stone Cold, starring Brian Bosworth and Lance Henriksen. So, uh, if you heard Sammy's plug, like the most expensive mullet you've ever seen on, <laughs> it's an amazing in, mullet. in cinema. It is. It is. It is a three. It's at least a nine thousand dollar mullet. Yes. Uh, so this, on your this main stream character. is mullets optional. BYOM, bring your own mullet. 
But just show up. That's going to be Monday evening. I think we're going 7 p.m. Pacific. Twitch.tv slash Maddie C. Allen. It's free, baby. You can join us. Just watch along the Monday night movie. Well, as always, you can visit us online at videogameapocalypse.com. We're part of the LaserTime Network at lasertimepodcast.com. Uh, you can also visit us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Volcano leggings. Okay. <laughs> That's a good band name. Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite Veruca Salt song. <laughs> <laughs> Replacement captain on Sea Lab. Volcano leggings. <laughs>